Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 5th, 2016. I am back to do some fantasy football analysis, breakdown week four. And of course, I have back on the show my amazing co-host, Shaka. Shaka, how you doing today? You're far too kind, sir. I'm happy to be here. Dude, so glad to have you on the show again, man. I tell you, we got a lot to talk about. This week was out of, this week was bananas. A lot of good games this week. A lot of good games, a lot of unexpected outcomes. There is just, just so much, you know, I actually, I have a, uh, lots of times I like to, uh, I'll make picks on who I think is going to win the game. And then sometimes I'll make like bizarro picks for like, you know what? This team could also win. If I was in another universe, maybe I would pick this team. Yeah, my Bizarro no, Universe picks actually picked better than my real picks this week. <laughs> I definitely had two Bizarro picks last week. I'm having trouble trying to remember. I know I think I said the Falcons were going to win. That was my one Bizarro pick, and I had another one that's not coming to me right now. But yeah, it's fun to have those because, you know, that's why you play the game, just to kind of figure out, you know, the matchups are going to work, or is this team going to totally show up and just have some magic for, you know, out of nowhere. So it's always fun to check it out. Dude, now we are officially... A quarter of the way through the season, you know, uh, we, we, we're starting to get, the thing, things are starting to take shape. I think the first four weeks of the season, you kind of don't know what to make of all the teams. You know, you don't know who's really good. You don't know who's really bad. You know, there could be a bad team with just a couple of soft matchups that make them look good. There could be a good right. team with a couple of tough matchups that make them look bad. Things are starting to take shape, but uh, this past weekend was pretty eye-opening to say the least. Would you agree? Very refreshing. It's the contender, pretender time. And, I mean, I really liked that you can kind of see some of the offenses are starting to get a little more comfortable because a lot of teams are just starting to air out the football. And, man, oh, man, did it show. Dude, there was there was some beautiful passing that started this week. Let's, uh, let's, let's kick off with your Jets, as we do start off with oh, our yeah. Jets and our Eagles. My Eagles are on by, but we got to talk about this Jets-Seahawks game. So, listen, aside from the Jets losing – you know, what What were your first takes here, Shaka? Well, speaking of, you know, some beautiful passing, I really have to, I'm upset the Jets lost, obviously, but I really, I went back and looked at some of that footage earlier today, and I, I mean, you just have to give Russell Wilson so much credit. Yeah. The guy is just, one, he's undersized for the quarterback position, at least by scouts. Yes. You know, uh, premise. He's so undersized for the position, but the man is so, he's a surgeon out there, and he absolutely just, took apart the Jets' defense. Like, it was beautiful to watch. Like, I was upset, but at the same time, I was like, Ben, I mean, how can I be upset at that throw? It was so pinpoint and perfect and precise. I and he just absolutely eviscerated him. I really came into this thinking, okay, the offensive line for Seattle has been pretty dodgy. Russell Wilson's got, like, a sprained MCL knee thing. He can't really escape. the. It's like he's got a soft offensive line, so he's got to escape the pocket a lot, and now he's kind of hobbled. You know, and the Jets, listen, I think the Jets have, have got some issues in the secondary, but they've got some pretty good pass rush. And that front seven is beautiful, but yes. the secondary just really exposes them. It makes everyone look bad. I mean, I thought that Russell Wilson was going to struggle in this game, but then to see those highlights and to see him roll right out of the pocket when he needed to, make these surgical passes, and we got to talk about the part of this uh, discussion with this game is Jimmy Graham. Absolutely. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. You, okay, Shaka, do you think Jimmy Graham is back? I have him as my backup tight end, and I have one really big problem. I have Jordan Reed as my starting tight end. Wow. And I just watched Jimmy Graham. Just He's so big and 
Like, he's, there's not much you can do about Jimmy Graham when he's healthy. You just kind of have to hope that you actually tackle him immediately after the catch because he's just, he'll just take off on you. He's actually a pretty fast tight end. He's basically a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Yeah. A lot faster than you expect after the catch. So you really got to take him down. But he had just had a couple beautiful catches, especially over the shoulder where there's not much the secondary guy can do about it because they're so small compared to him. Dude, you saw so, he had a couple of one-handed catches too. Yes. Just beautiful. And that's the thing is Jimmy Graham, he makes it look so easy. That's what I guess I was trying to, the word I was using for before. But there's just, he just laid his head out, caught it, brought it into his body, and then just walked out of bounds. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, you even the best coverage the secondary was putting on him did not matter. And Russell Wilson was just dropping him in. You know, Jimmy Graham coming on strong. And this is now two straight 100-yard receiving games. Uh, I mean, I think this is the Jimmy Graham that Seattle traded for last offseason. I, I don't really know why they couldn't figure out how to integrate him into the offense uh, earlier. You know, they just started getting him going last year, and then he got hurt. And I'm still pretty shocked that he's been able to kind of recuperate from that horrific knee injury as quickly as he has. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm venturing to say that he's back into the top five fantasy tight end discussion. Um, I mean... Is that is that fair to say at this point? I think you do have a pretty good point. I I really didn't know how long that injury was really affecting him. And even last year, they were just moments where he was non-existent on the field. Yeah, and you know he and really this is and this is before the attention. injury. Before the injury, yeah, he was right. having trouble getting uh, any touches. I think factor in all of a sudden uh, that secondary is so bad, and you also don't have a Marshawn Lynch on the field. That I think Russell Wilson has really kind of had to focus on getting in sync and getting his timing down with his receivers. So I, you know he's already got that just connection with Doug Baldwin, just mm-hmm. automatic. It's always automatic on the field. But it's looking like he's also picked that up with Jimmy Graham. Also, just so much credit to Russell Wilson as a yeah. quarterback in terms of just, he's always been precise. Even when he was with Wisconsin, he just always, that was one of his biggest assets is just being able to place the ball. And I think part of his uh, limited mobility this weekend, which did really look that limited he had a couple moments where he just stepped up in the pocket just to evade the pass rush yeah. and just drop the pass in so I mean it's like he's got a sixth sense with where the rushers are coming from man he knows when to step up and he knows how to put the ball exactly where it needs to be I mean you know last season when the offensive line really started to struggle towards the second half of the season it forced Russell Wilson to be more of a pocket passer and he didn't miss a beat he just excelled and started abusing defenses it was amazing. I mean, there was no wasted movement on the field, which is really, it gave him enough time just to evade the rush, figure out where his receivers were downfield, and just make the perfect pass. I, the Jets really did not stand much of a chance against that today. Yeah. Or Sunday. I, uh, I was ready to write Russell Wilson off. I shouldn't, uh, listen, never underestimate the heart of a champion. Um, I don't think Russell okay. Wilson is written off at all. Um, now he's going into a I bye week. Know. He gets a week to rest. Yeah, I didn't start him this past week. I started Joe Flacco, which didn't turn out too badly for me. But, you know, credit again for Russell Wilson just showing up and uh, just bringing the magic, man. So I think he's going to take this uh, week to rest up and just watch out because if Jimmy Graham's in there, you got Doug Baldwin, you got uh, Christian. And, and can we talk Mike about uh, Christian Mike? I don't know what how the hell to say his name. It's spelled yeah, like Christine. It's spelled like Christine. I'm going to call him Christine, okay? So Christine is running all over the place. I'm officially on the on I, I want to say get rid of Rawls. If you have Rawls, drop him. Okay? Yeah, Cuz 
Michael looks like a pro. He looks like an absolute beast out there. When he gets that um, that first burst, it's really hard to keep up with him, it looks like, in the secondary. Yeah, and I think it's pretty convincing now that he has that job. Uh, even if Rawls comes back and, and splits carries with him, I still think he's going to get the lion's share of those carries. Do you agree? You've got no argument here, my friend. I mean, he catches the ball at the backfield a lot better than Thomas Rawls did. Mm-hmm. Thomas Rawls is a little more of a bruiser. Mm-hmm. But Michael's got more of like a a flexible, multi-purpose uh, running back out, and it really works in that Seahawks offense. I think much better than a Thomas Rawls does. Now, uh, anything to report on the Jets? Now, Fitzpatrick clearly got trigger happy. He didn't, uh, you know, he cut his inter- his interceptions in half in this game. But it, and listen, I saw I saw those interceptions. One of them was not his fault. One of them was one was a, one was a tip pass. Yeah, one of them was the a tip other pass. was a, just a great, great um, diving catch by Rich Sherman, and yeah. that's just kind of a sixth sense, you know. Pick it up. He it was even underthrown for Sherman himself, and he still got down and got the ball. Yeah. So I mean, legitimately, one really bad interception. I think he he was really feeling the loss of Eric Decker not being on the field. I agree. And he, he he I think he focused a little bit too much on getting Brandon Marshall the ball. And I agree. Of course, after a while, it telegraphs the passing. Yep. 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 And I think he just kind of he he sort of got seduced by that Seahawks secondary, and you know, like listen, up until halftime, this was still a game. It was really yeah. the second half that uh, the Seahawks blew the thing wide open. And I mean, listen, uh, the verdict's still out on the Jets. I st- I don't think their season's over. It's looking a little ugly right now, but the Seahawks are are getting hot right now, and that was the wrong team for the Jets to be playing. And you and I said this weeks ago: the Jets have one of the toughest schedules. Of any team awful. in the league. It's pretty awful. And I think we're also going to see just exactly what they're made of in terms of getting Matt Forte, Matt Forte still out in the offense. Kind of figuring out how to get Quincy and Nuno more involved. Mm-hmm. And really, their tight, end, their tight end play has not been, has basically been non-existent for the last two years. Yeah. And if you look around the league, most great offenses have at least a serviceable tight end, if not a good one. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Jimmy Graham absolutely destroying him this weekend yeah. is a prime example. You need a guy like that on your offense, and the Jets don't have one. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be a real, it's going to be a real test. Dude, the Jets have got a lot of questions going into this offseason. I know it's still very early in the season, but they've they've got issues on both sides of the ball right now. Yeah, the secondary. There were a couple moments where I vaguely remember. I don't even know the guy who scored. I think it was his first NFL touchdown. Oh, uh, McAvoy or something. The defender needed a Metro card to get back just into the same burrow as that guy. He was so far away from him. Dude, I saw, and the defender slipped and fell down. He didn't even have a shot at grabbing him. I think he fell because he turned and looked and realized he was so far away. He he literally turned and slipped. So it, it it was pretty bad. That guy was clean for the touchdown no matter which way he was looking. Just rough, rough, rough outing for the Jets. Let's let's hope a little bit more for them next week. Are you ready to move on from this game? Please. Let's move on. Okay, let's jump to passing. You just, you started off this show by talking about passing. Let's go to the Panthers-Falcons game. Now, I want to give you a few hot takes right now. My first reaction is I don't really know if this Panthers team is good. Okay, their running game <laughs> has been very disappointing. And, you know, much of their running game was predicated on the fact that Cam Newton is able to spread the field and he's also able to kind of, you know, do the draw play on his own. But now you've got defenses clamping down on them and you've got their offensive line is thoroughly being exposed. Two things that I think were uh, a real problem for the Panthers last year was their offensive line play 
and uh, you know, and and um, and some of their running game. And now it, it kind of felt like okay, you know, they 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 sort of clicked last year, and everything came together. Well, now whatever the hell clicked last year is not clicking now because Mike Remmers got destroyed by the Atlanta Falcons in this game. And I mean, the Panthers couldn't move the ball. Uh, I mean, what what are you thinking of this Panthers team? Well, I don't want to kind of spawn in terms of I told you so, but I feel like last year the Panthers' kid offense just managed to somehow squeak by, I think, just on the sheer presence of a Cam Newton. He basically took all these guys, these mismatched parts, which I'm still, I just don't Ted like. Ted Ginn, Devin Funches, Philly Brown. It's just a bunch of random guys. It's a, when you really look at it. And Jonathan Stewart, Jonathan Stewart, yeah, he's not a dominant running back. He's great. He's a tough guy. He'll get you 15 to 20 carries a game, but he's not going to be a pro bowler. So I think really Cam Newton has just carried that team on his back last year in terms of offense and just said, I'm just going to figure out what I have in this kitchen. I'm going to make you know a meal out of it. And this year, it's just not working. He just does not have enough ingredients in that kitchen yeah. to really put things together. And it's really showing. Kelvin Benjamin is back, yeah. but I vaguely remember um, I think Last weekend, the Vikings' uh, secondary thing, Devin Funches, we didn't even pay attention to him on the field. He's not that good. Yeah. They just, the, the scouts have their, their number. They're not a great team in terms of offense. So. No. And, and it is, it is being completely exposed this uh, right now. This game against the Falcons, okay, Michael Orr, the blind side, he had to sit out because of a concussion, and they moved Mike Remmers from right tackle over to left tackle. Oh, my God, that guy should the be... Wheel. Step, step into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. He, he was terrible, man. I mean, you saw how many times they hit Cam Newton, and now I'm pretty confident he's got a concussion, and I'm pretty confident he's not going to play on Monday night. Which is crazy. I, I just don't know how they're going to keep that together. And they're probably not. They're probably going to they're probably gonna get their foot kicked. Honestly? Cam Newton was the only reason. Honestly? I think it might be good to have Derek Anderson step in for a game, to get a true pocket passer back in there to kind of normalize the offense, at least for a game. It might jog some sense into him. We can only hope. I, and man, what's Derek? Derek Anderson was the last time. Was with the Browns the last time he was even a starter? Uh, no, he, he came in for two games last year because I think last year was when Cam Newton got in a car accident. Remember that? He broke his rib. Oh my God! That was early. That was earlier in the season, wasn't he? Still wearing the red pads, I think, when he came in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I be- oh, if oh, I'm wow. correct, I believe Derek Anderson started two games last year for the Panthers, and I think both of them were against the Buccaneers. Wow! Yeah. I'm look that and I think and I think they're playing the Buccaneers on Monday night as well. I think it's going to be Derek. I think the last three starts he's had have been against the Buccaneers. <laughs> Time to play that team as well. Dude, this is going to be a great time. If there's a team that they can squeak one out against, it's definitely the Buccaneers. They really need one. They're they're putting themselves in a quite a hole to get out of in terms of that uh, playoff race in that division. Yeah, I um from a fantasy standpoint, uh, the only running back that I see that's worth it. I I started Cameron Cameron Artis Payne in one of my leagues. I totally paid for it. He was terrible. Fozzie Whitaker seems to be about the only back that's getting any. Fantasy production whatsoever, specifically in PPR, and and I think he's the only back that's healthy right now that has the trust of Cam Newton. They got their fingers crossed. I think they really want Stewart to come back and be healthy in time for the Monday night game. Which yeah, is, 
I don't think that's going to happen. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. Now, let's get away from uh, the Panthers. Listen, Kelvin Benjamin, I like him. Uh, Greg Olson, I like him. Even though the Panthers are struggling offensively, you know these guys are still good fantasy pickups. Uh, let's talk about this Falcons team. Holy oh, fucking man. shit. Julio Jones, 300 yards. Matt Ryan, 500 yards. Okay, first question for you, Shaka. Are you buying into Matt Ryan? Is this legit? I've had enough of a sample size this season of Matt Ryan to say, I don't think this is a fluke. I think the Matt Ryan we saw a couple years ago is really and truly back. He's yeah. not going to give you flawless quarterback play, but he, one thing I'll give Atlanta credit for is even last year when they weren't that good, they always give him a chance to air out the football. Mm-hmm. And man, he, he threw some bombs up and just let Julio go to work. It was beautiful to watch. I mean, listen, he's got an arm. He's got the capability. I think the whole team kind of collapsed around him over the last couple of years, and I don't think he's a talented enough quarterback to just simply carry a whole team on his shoulders. He's not that guy. When the whole team is thriving, I think he thrives as well. And something i got to give credit, uh, offensive line play for Atlanta, okay? Atlanta Falcons have had terrible offensive line play for the last – five or six years, specifically attributed to injuries. They've signed big names, and then the guys have gotten injured in preseason. They went out and they got Alex Mack, the center from the Cleveland Browns, who is arguably probably one of the best centers in the NFL, and you're seeing the difference because their offensive line play is much better in Atlanta, and you're seeing it in the run game, and you're seeing it in the pass game. Well, I was in the Atlanta airport watching this game. Really? And... Yeah, I actually, while I was waiting to board my flight, this is what I was doing. And um, I, it was great, really, because you got to see, I mean, I'm pretty sure Matt Ryan could have knitted a sweater with the amount of time he had in the pocket, just to kind of set up and throw. He, he just really had a lot of moments where he could look downfield. And I remember one specific play, and this goes back to what you're saying about him not being a quarterback good enough to carry a team on his back. He threw a bomb downfield to Julio Jones, and he underthrew it one. And two, I think he threw it as probably about 10 yards too far to the left. Mm-hmm. Julio slowed down, kind of repositioned himself, and came over and got the football. He's between so good. Two defenders. Between, and that pretty much sums it up, is that Julio is like, just get the ball out to me, I'll figure the rest out. Yeah, you know, And he's got just enough of an arm to do that. Hey, 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 I'll go get it. He's just like, yeah, just throw it out to me. And credit to Julio, man. It's just, he's just a physical specimen. Yes, he is. He's so big, he's so fast, and he's so strong. And yes. it's just, get the ball to him, and he'll take the rest. And he, they, they had no answer for him. I, I feel bad for the uh, secondary in this game because they just had so many situations where you saw him lined up one-on-one with the defender, and you're like, why are they still letting this happen? Yeah, like, who? What, what are you doing? What are you doing? Didn't you see three minutes ago he just burned one of those guys? Get somebody else over there. It was just like, please let someone else beat me. Even, you know, Jacob Cammy had a couple moments where he looked. was like, is this real? Is this going on right now? So it's it's all really kind of rolling right now for the Falcons. Now, I, I got two, two other questions about this game before we move to the next game, and it's specific to what we just mentioned. Number one... Um, the Carolina Panthers defense. Okay, this was a really tenacious defense last year, and I think that's the same defense we were expecting this year. Listen, I don't think losing Josh Norman was everything, but this defense is very different. Now, they were able to... Listen, Matt Ryan threw 500 yards on this secondary, okay? Like, if you're going into a game 
and you're seeing that uh, the te- that your guys are playing the Carolina Panthers defense, are you scared anymore? Like, are you going to start your wideouts against the Panthers defense? It's very weird. I really can't put my finger on what's so different about that that defense. And it's really Josh Norman was a pretty good corner, but I think he gets a little bit too much hype. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a good corner for the scheme that the Panthers like the the Panthers were playing a certain scheme that he fit into. I don't think they're doing the same thing in Washington with him. No, and it's really showing every now and then he gets exposed. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see kind of the look and go back and go. All right, what's different about this team on defense that's so substantially? It, it shows they've they've been getting torched, especially in the secondary. Yes, and it's it's really. It's really hard to watch, one. And two, is almost mystifying just to kind of figure out what's so different and what were we doing last year that's really, again, just like the offense, what are we doing so different from last year that it's not translating into wins? I mean, it seemed, it's, it's looking similar to the Jets' situation right now. They've got a really, really porous secondary, and they've got a great uh, you know, front seven. But yeah, it's, they're pretty much canceling each other out at this point, so yeah. it's... Either way, it's it's equating to losses, which is not helping anybody's cause. Now, the second question I have before we go to the next uh, game is this. Okay, Matt Ryan, he starts this week against the Denver Broncos in Denver. Do you start him on your fantasy team if you have the chance? I really don't see why you wouldn't at this point. Even though he's playing the Denver Broncos in Denver. Well, I guess it also begs the question of who's your your other option if you have another option at quarterback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you think about the Falcons' offense as a whole, Devonta Freeman had a great game last week. Mm-hmm. They're all, Julio Jones, they're pretty much going to, in Denver, have to sit down and figure out how are we going to get Queen Talib some help mm-hmm. in the secondary to kind of slow this freak of nature down. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's worth a shot. Okay. It's not a guarantee. That Denver Broncos is terrifying, but you know what? I think that Atlanta Falcons offensive line has just enough in them to give Matt Ryan the time he needs to open some holes okay. in that secondary. That's that's uh, that's what I wanted to hear. It because I kind of think like Matt Ryan is matchup proof at this point, and you know, I mean, he's the number one scoring fantasy football quarterback. You know, but I but I I kind of I'm still sitting here saying it's Matt Ryan. Do I feel confident throwing him out there against the Broncos D? I think it's worth the shits. Okay. Uh, let's go to the next game. Oakland Raiders beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Oakland Raiders winning games on the road? What's going on? Um, this was a great game. Dude, this was a great game. Michael Crabtree for three touchdowns. Boom! The kid, when it comes to being 15 yards in and the red zone, just look to Crabtree. Even if he's not open, he finds a way to get himself the separation he needs. So talented to make the touchdown. There's a hawk. The guy's a hawk in the red zone. Would you? Uh, are you f- buying into Crabtree and Cooper and Derek Carr? Like, are you officially like these are amazing offensive fantasy football players this season? I, I kind of have to. Cause I got to eat my hat a little bit about Derek Carr. I'm not gonna lie, there was one. I know. You were on the fence threw, about him. He threw the football. And just just that, that beautiful way, that kind of way that gives you confidence about a quarterback, where the only person who can really make a good play, I think it was he threw, he was probably on the 20-yard line, and he threw it straight up to Crabtree. And mm-hmm. it was more of like, hey, go get it. Yeah. 
you know, and just for the secondary, the guy in the secondary to make a beat on it, to even get a chance at it, he would have to get himself lined up with the wide receiver, turn, look up, and make a decision. And he didn't have enough time to do that. It was a perfectly placed ball. I mean, this, so I'm, I'm buying in. I'm on a Derek Carr train now. This Raiders team is is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. I do want to mention, though, running back situation. So Ooh. this was the first game where Latavius Murray didn't have a touchdown, and I looked at those stats, okay? They were really splitting carries amongst the entire backfield. They've got at least three different running backs that they like to put into the rotation, and I don't know if any of them are getting serious workloads. Do you, if, if you're a Latavius Murray owner... Are you looking? Are you looking to maybe trade or or figure out a future replacement? I mean, I think now is the time to sell high as high as you can get. Because if you even look at the I think the numbers over the last two games for Murray, his his yardage has dropped about twenty yards per game. I think he was in the eighties and the fifties, and I think the last game did he have about maybe thirty yards. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I think. I think you should really start to look into seeing what you could get of value. If you're lacking at a tight end position, per se, or wide receiver, you're not going to be at a loss too much to kind of trade a Murray. I, I, I've never been sold on Latavius Murray. That much I'm confident about, and I'm still kind of being vindicated on that one. So I tell you, sell high, because you can probably pick up a running back at some point off the waiver wire. Maybe someone who's been injured, who's a starter, mm-hmm. and is going to be coming back later on in the season. You kind of stash that guy and hold on to him and hope that he comes healthy and you kind of work out the rest of your roster. So okay. I think trade Murray while he's still high. All right, so definitely fantasy football owners out there, Latavius Murray, you plan accordingly because we don't know how much longer it's going to go on before all of a sudden he's completely embedded in a committee. I mean, he's he is right now, but he's just been shining. Um, Who had most yardage in that game? Was it Washington, I think? Uh, I, be- I believe Dwayne Washington had the most yards in the game. Here, I'll uh, I'll check the stats. Uh, you did say you like Washington. I mean, I, I, I do like Washington, but again, it's just even he's not getting enough work because they're sharing the ball so much amongst all of their running backs. You're right. You're right. Now, speaking of running back, and okay, here, I'm looking at the numbers. DeAndre Washington, five carries for 30 yards. Latavius Murray, eight carries for 19 yards. Oof, that man, is not none of that is encouraging, and this was in a victory. Yeah, and it wasn't a low-scoring game either. No, it was not. Um, this is a this is definitely something that's going to be troubling me. I've got Latavius Murray on one of my teams, and you know, all it takes is one injury to make all of this running back uh, confusion seem clear. I think DeAndre Washington is probably the guy to maybe stay close to because. It looks like, and and DeAndre Washington and Latavius Murray, they're both in the passing game. Like, all of them get used in the passing game. Derek Carr is turning into, like, Drew Brees. He spreads the ball around. Um, It's going to be interesting to see, but I think think for now, Washington's got, he's got this, really, over Murray, he's got a little first burst after he gets through the the line of scrimmage that I haven't seen in Latavius Murray. mm -hmm. He's got more of a a straight line guy, but Washington kind of has this, Burst of speed, and then he has like first cut. Like he's, you know, kind of that running back. He wants to just turn a third and one into a seventeen or eighteen yard game. He's got the potential. Yeah, and I think he's the guy that the coaches want. I think Latavius Murray was there when Jack Del Rio showed up, and I think DeAndre Washington is the guy they drafted, who they want to give the rock to. Um, let's talk about the the Ravens, the other side of the ball. Um, it came out just the other day. Uh, the Ravens officially cut Justin Forsett. 
Terrence West had a 100-yard game. I think it's pretty clear that he is the starting running back now. I think he's the big waiver wire pickup. I mean, uh, we're we're recording one day later than we typically do, so waiver wires are open. I would imagine most people out there have already picked up Terrence West. Um, uh, But but I guess one of the bigger, uh, bigger stories of this game is Steve Smith showed up. He's been getting good production, but this time he showed up and went Steve Smith all over the field. Well, all, well, according to NFL standards, Steve Smith's the old man. Yeah. But I don't think anyone's told him that. And no. He had a great game last week. He had a, he had a, and this is a guy coming back from an Achilles week. injury. I, I had no idea. I wouldn't be able to tell because he was still out there battling. He's catching passes up the middle and still there was a couple times where he's just twisting and fighting just for two yards. And yeah. it's just classic Steve Smith. He, he's, he's fighting for the time when he's out there in the field too. And he looks... Amazing. If you had you to don't have him and he's in a waiver wire, yeah, run and go get him. If you had to pick between Steve Smith and Mike Wallace, who would you pick? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Steve Smith on this one, especially if you're in a PPR league. Mm-hmm. Mike Wallace is still your home run threat. He can still burn you with the D pass, and Flacco likes to look for him still too. So he's also a viable option. But Steve Smith is that guy who's getting the the crucial yardage. He's getting a third and uh, third and four situations. He's the guy who's getting the first downs and keeping the the offense moving down the field for Flacco right now. Okay, okay. Um, Flacco is still pretty good. As you said, you started him in your league. He's been pretty steady. Flacco's been steady all season. I think it's okay to assume he's going to continue to be steady. Um, let's move on to the next game. Uh, next game I got on our list to chat about is the Bills and the Patriots. So the Patriots finally came back down to earth and dropped a stinker. Jacoby Brissett looked like a rookie quarterback. Um Gronk was out there, again, being a bit of a decoy. Uh, the Bills came in with a great game plan. Rex Ryan did his two-step and was able to shut down anything the Patriots had going on. Are you, like, are it? Is there anything else to take away from this game, uh, like, aside from at least this is the end of the Tom Brady suspension? Really? I mean, I think that's, you, you pretty much summed it up. This is kind of a, hey, it's what the Patriots are mortal it happens and it's yeah. just amazing that they've had this run go on for so long with the kind of injuries that they've been dealing with and the suspension mm-hmm. they came back down the earth I would say probably the only thing to kind of look ahead to with Tom Brady coming back is one they're probably going to do a little more passing at the back for their running backs Yeah. so like a James White who's been on the waiver wire is going to get a little more of a look mm-hmm. especially since Deion Lewis is still injured but that was kind of one of Tom Brady's bread and butter is to check down to that running back and yeah. keep the plays alive. So if you're hurting for a running back and you kind of need to pick up a good backup guy, I'd tell you to stash James White a little early. Okay, okay. Especially if he comes in tough game. And White's a pretty quick guy. He can get you seven catches. Mm-hmm. He had a couple games last year where he had 100 yards receiving. Yeah. As a running back. So it's, he's definitely a legitimate threat, especially with a Tom Brady coming back. So if you're looking for a running back, James White's the guy to pick up. Now, on the other side of the football... Go ahead, go ahead, please. LaShawn McCoy, he is the offense. They yeah. have the offense coordinator, and it shows he's getting the football all the time, and he's, he's making good on it. Now, um, Sammy Watkins is put on IR. Yes. What wide receivers on that Bills team are going to assume the number one wide receiver spot. I've, I've heard you know rumblings about Robert Woods, but Robert Woods has never really been able to develop that consistency. Like, is there any wide receiver? Are there any wide receivers on this Bills team that you want at all? Well, Goodwin is their speedster. He 
either. He's kind of the burner guy, but he's just too he's, inconsistent. Yeah, he's a home run hitter like Deshaun Jackson. You can't count on him. Yeah, he, he shows up every now and then, but he's not going to be the guy who gets you to win in fantasy football. Robert Woods, to me, is the intriguing guy because the Bills, the Bills' offensive coordinators, they really like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a second-year guy. I think he's finally going to get a chance now to, to prove himself. This is the, the testing round. This is, hey, you're basically the man. I'm not as definitive as Sammy Watkins can't contribute. You know, you're going to get all the looks or most of the looks, the best of the looks. And the, the question is, can he, you know, can he put it down on the field? And he did last week. Mm-hmm. He had, I think he had 80, 85 or 90 yards receiving. Yeah, you, yeah. Patriots, I'll take a look. The Patriots, he made the Patriots sweat a little bit out there. I he mean, looks good. Do you think he's worth a stash? Absolutely. Okay. They really got not many options in the passing game in terms of uh, just a go-to guy, and he's looking like it right now. Yeah, seven catches for 89 yards. He had 10 targets. So he was the clear number one guy. Yeah, you know, if you're hurting for wide receiver, he, he might be even good as a flex start. Now, let me, real quick, before we get off this game, let's talk about Tom Brady coming back for the Patriots again. I just want to, real quick, I want to ask, so he comes back, how good, so do, are you expecting Gronk and Julian Edelman to jump back up to where they were last season with Brady under center? I'm looking at the next game in particular coming back for Tom Brady. With the Bill against the Browns? <laughs> It's just, it's going to be a celebration. I really feel it's going to be a celebration game. It's going to be one of those games where Belichick could be up by 21 points and he's still going to throw the football just because, just mm-hmm. to kind of to bring Tom Brady one back up to speed, back into like a rhythm, and really just a kind of a middle finger to the NFL and especially uh, Roger Goodell to say, hey, this is what you kept off the field. So I, I'm pretty sure. You think it's going to be raining touchdowns in Cleveland? That Browns defense has not slept this week. They've been up all night. <laughs> been up all night with the bed sheets, just their eyes wide open. Celebrate so Tom Brady, yeah. It's going to be brutal. Okay, I, I like that. I, I feel positive about that. I feel positive starting Gronk against the Browns with Tom Brady back. Um, Absolutely. All right, let's go to the next game. I'm kind of changing up the order, just sort of going wherever I want to go. Cowboys-Niners. So the Cowboys win the game. I thought it looked pretty impressive because the Niners went up 14-0, and you saw rookie quarterback Dak Prescott come back from a deficit, take the lead, and command. Although it doesn't particularly surprise me with the Niners. The Niners, they feel like Chip Kelly's Eagles last year all over again. A fast, high pa- uh, high-paced, uh, fast-paced offense that goes three and out, and then all of a sudden their defense, as good as they are, is on the field, you know, 80% of the game and inevitably just gets burned here or there. And, I mean, I feel like right. I saw that all over again, only this time the the Cowboys were the victors. Um, what were some of the things you took away from this game? Well, not to defend the 49ers, but they try to keep it competitive. They, oh, of course, of course. Jeremy Curley, who's, I think, only been with the team for a couple weeks, mm-hmm. for the 49ers. Former Jet. great. <laughs> Looked great, yes. Former Jet. He didn't really pan out with us, and it was just a rough. It was a rough era to be a wide receiver at this yeah. for the Jets in the first place. Yeah. But he, you know, he looked good. He looked good in the Forty Nine uniform out there. So I'd say let's give him another game. He looks like he's the number one guy out there. He, he's leading the team in uh, reception yeah. and yards. It's it's been tricky because you know you want to say Tory Smith, you want to say some of these flashier names, but I think you're right. I think Curly is the one who's getting the most looks. Torrey Smith is 
even when he was with Baltimore, just kind of underwhelming. Yeah. So much potential. He should be doing better, but he's just not. And I, mean, I don't know what it is. He runs one route, and if you're not throwing the ball to him, he's he doesn't do anything. Yeah, he just kind of slows down and flails his arms. So, you know, you kind of get what you put in. Now, the Cowboys look great. Ezekiel Elliott Rookies. is looking great. I can watch that kid run for years. I'd be happy with that. He just looks so naturally. Almost, I don't want to say Emma Smith, but it just felt like watching it like a little bit of an Emma Smith out there. When he, you know, jukes and cuts to the gap and just fights his way through, and all of a sudden he's free and he's running for 15, 20 yards, just un- unhindered. But... I mean, I think we're seeing the talent that, that everybody was hyping up about him. I mean, he looks pretty darn good. I don't know if I'm ready to anoint him as the new LaDainian Tomlinson or, or Emmett Smith for that matter, but, I mean, he finally showed up, and it looked good, baby. There was some flashes of brilliance. He had a couple big chunks of the yardage that he just ripped off on the 49ers, but also it's the 49ers. So, kind of take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, of course. Now, Jason Witten... Do you think he is a solid fantasy tight end simply because of volume? I mean, the rookie quarterback is looking Jason Witten's way a lot. Do you think he's, like, from a PPR standpoint, you think he's a, he's a, worth a pickup? Witten's a tough call. It's mainly just because I think I, I want to give Dak Prescott credit for really spreading the football around. He gets a lot of guys on that offense involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure people are wishing he got Des Bryant a little more involved in games. Mm-hmm. But... Terrence Williams looked great out there. Yeah. Um, Cole Beasley, okay. man. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley looks do, like he's just... Do you go and get Cole Beasley before you get Terrence Williams? It's hard. That's a tough call. That's a good question. I'd say overall, for the course of the season, Cole Beasley probably looks like a bigger, bigger choice for fantasy. Mm-hmm. But I'll say Terrence Williams... This past game, he, he showed up. I think maybe him and uh, Dak Prescott got a little more of a rhythm. Yeah. But that's ah, such a hard call. It's a great question. I'm going to say Terrence Williams just because he's the vet. Yeah. Knows the offense a little better. You're probably going to get a little more consistency out of him. So I'd say Terrence Williams in this one. Okay. And I think Cole Beasley's just really, I mean, he's the slot guy. He's thriving a lot in PPR. If it's not PPR, I think it's a very different story with Cole Beasley. Um. Let's move on. Let's go to the next game. Anything else to say about this team? This game? I think we covered it. Okay. Uh, New Orleans Saints win on the road against the San Diego Chargers again. Again, the friggin' Chargers find a way to lose the game in the last two minutes. I don't know if you saw any of it, but those they I fumbled a the ball. Bo- oh my God! The fumbles. The oh, they were embarrassing. I had actually landed. This is the same day watching the the Falcons game. I had landed and I was watching. The, uh, the end of this. Dude. I felt like about half of the fourth quarter on this one. It was. It's just the Chargers somehow this just bandaged up. It's like this, it's almost like duct tape on the on the bumper of your car. These guys are basically <laughs> just strung together, and they still somehow just rolling. Still, they're still fighting. It's just rough to watch. And again, we have another unsung hero, Dontrell Inman, out of nowhere. Yep, is filling in and playing the role of. Keenan Allen this week, so doing a great they, they job. Tried. They had a rough. I think. Uh, I think it was actually pass from Rivers to Inman towards the end of the game, and he just just he missed just it. Missed the connection. Just to missed get the it. First down and keep the ball moving down the field. It was so, it was rough because it was so pretty and just oh god. I think it was in bad timing on uh, on the route, but 
they're, they're right there. I mean, it's the Saints, but they're right there. So um, they're still fighting. I'll give them credit. They're still fighting. More news coming out about this uh, Chargers team. Jason Verrett, their really awesome cornerback, tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Um, um, Melvin Gordon is still looking great. Travis Benjamin, I thought, was pretty productive. However, he was responsible for one of those two atrocious fumbles at the end of the game. Um, yeah, he had a really bad one. Yeah, he... I mean, it, are there are there any of these Charger receivers who you feel... Like, who on the Chargers offense do you feel super confident about starting every week that is not Phillip Rivers and Melvin Gordon? Well, I was... My original question is raised with uh, Tyrell uh, Williams. Tyrell Williams. So, he, he, he produced. He produced. He's been okay. He's been just okay. He's not going to get you... Those big payouts, though. I, I think the game by Dontrell Inman is not a fluke, though. Okay. He got 12 targets, and I mean, he, I think he caught 7 out of 12, mm-hmm. 8 out of 12, mm-hmm. and he picked up 120 yards and a touchdown. I, I, think he, I think he's ready for a chance to kind of to crack it in the big leagues and uh, improve that he's, you know, that guy. So I would say if you're going to pick one of these guys, every week. I'm going to go with Inman. Okay, so you're saying Inman is probably the guy to stash in their receiving core. I feel more comfortable with him for sure. Now, let's talk about the Saints real quick. Um, Michael Thomas, this rookie, he's he has really worked into the receiving rotation with Drew Brees. Like, he and Brandon Cooks seem to be getting most of the looks, and I'm starting to ask myself, is Michael Thomas going to be a tastier pickup than Willie Sneed? To talk. I'm gonna still lean with Snead though, just because Snead has that that potential to bust out for monster games. Mm-hmm. I have I, I have seen in Thomas though. Thomas, I feel not that he's lurking, but when he gets opportunities, he, he doesn't waste them. He 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 all of a sudden you're looking, go man, how long has he been on the field? Like I still think we have to wait a little bit. The verdict's still out on Thomas in terms of being that guy that uh, Drew Brees goes to. Mm-hmm all time. This is just kind of a situational in this game. Yeah, and he it, had a big one. And it's tricky because Breeze spreads the ball around so much, it's hard to really determine. And, you know, to 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 illustrate that even fur- further, Kobe Fleener. You know, Kobe uh, Fleener was... Right, you took it right there. Yeah, yeah he showed up and then he disappeared. You never know that where the ball's going to go. That's a great point. Fleener, yeah. Last week, Fleener was mad. I, I was like, okay, just get him the ball all the time. Apparently, he's ready for this. And then this week... Kind of, kind of quiet. I think he had three catches. Nothing uh, substantial. You know, and I don't always think that that's, that's game plan or quarterback because when Jimmy Graham was with the Saints, Drew Brees usually found a way to try to get it to Jimmy Graham most of the time. I mean, I don't, I don't know why. Is Kobe Fleener not good enough for him to always go looking for him? I, I, I don't know. I think probably the, uh, the offensive uh, game plan doesn't really factor in. No, I don't. There are plays drawn up for a Kobe Fleener. It's just kind of, hey, he's open. Whoever that guy is covering him is missing his assignments. You take advantage. Yeah, and that's Drew Brees. He's going to pick you up. He doesn't, Drew Brees does not care who he throws the ball to. He'll throw it to the third string tight end or the fullback if that's going to get him a touchdown. Speaking of the fullback, John Kuhn, when did he get oh, on the man. Saints? Why did the Packers cut him? And he had a three touchdown game. He really kind of, he threw a monkey wrench in my in my offensive day because uh, I'm a, I'm an Ingram guy. I've, I've, I had Mark Ingram this year. I had Mark Ingram last year. And Ingram is a bruiser. He's that guy in the red zone who gets you the touchdowns. But all of a sudden, I think I think it was more of a misdirection and deception kind of day, which is why John Kuhn 
came in and kind of vultured those touchdowns away. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he vultured a couple of them. But still, there was so much offense. Mark Ingram did get a rushing touchdown. I mean, this game was the Saints-Giants game that we wanted in Week 2. Yes, it was. We were hoping for We finally we did not get. finally got these offensive fireworks that we were looking for. Um, anything else to report on this game? You'll move on? Um, the tight end for the San Diego Chargers, Hunter Henry. Yeah. Keep an eye on him. He he, he looks like, I think his name is Hunter Henry. No, you I got think it. he's waiting for he got he, uh, he got seven targets, four catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. And we don't know what's going on with Antonio Gates, and he might be hurt for a little bit. He's a little older. He's a bit more banged up. But Gates has kind of not really been a big factor with the Chargers this year. I think Hunter Henry's potential or his stock can go up, especially with the, the dicey kind of wide receiver situation out there. Okay. Anyway, so every de- guy is kind of getting a, a, a shot. So Henry, I think, might be the one guy who's a little more consistent than the rest. Maybe not as big of a game, but just consistency-wise. You hear that, everybody? You're looking for tight ends. Hunter Henry's probably on your waiver wire, and he's sneaking in to Phillip Rivers' favorite target club. Let's go to the next game. Pittsburgh Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs. The Steelers put a whooping on the Chiefs on a Sunday night football. What were your first takes about this game, Shaka? I think it really started to go downhill. The Chiefs had a couple really bad mental mistakes in the first quarter. Yes. And I think it really just knocked them right out of the game. Yep. It, it really it changed the entire momentum of the game. The takes after that, they were just playing from behind for the rest. But just really just mind-boggling mistakes. And, of course, the Steelers capitalized on all of them. They yep. didn't make any mistakes. Yep. And Ben Roethlisberger looked... He looked like a wizard out there. He looked amazing. Le'Veon Bell comes back and is brilliant. Antonio Brown is brilliant. I mean, these guys are just so, so good. So many weapons in our offense. And Marcus Wheaton got involved. Marcus they Wheaton got, got involved. Hayward Bay involved. He was wide open on a touchdown. Wide open. I mean, this is a real Jekyll and Hyde situation with this Chiefs defense. This is the same defense that picked off Fitzpatrick six times last week. And you were saying Marcus Peters is one of the greatest cornerbacks in the league. And listen, I don't think he was embarrassed, but this Chiefs defense as a whole was embarrassed. And, you know, I'm going to make a point. I was listening to... Uh, uh, the Ringers, uh, Bill Simmons' uh, website, The Ringer, they've got an NFL show with Robert Mays. He really makes some great points, and he made a good point about the Chiefs' defense. He said, listen, with Justin Houston not playing, they don't really have a pass rush, and if you don't get and disrupt Ben Roethlisberger, which is what the Eagles did, because one week ago the Eagles held that high-powered offense of the Steelers to three points, and it was because they got in the backfield and they disrupted Roethlisberger's timing. The Chiefs couldn't get any pressure on Roethlisberger. He just sat back in the pocket and just picked him apart however he wanted. And, Bombs and everywhere. I, I think that's going to be something that's going to be, you know, really one of the Chiefs' weaknesses in their defense, and it's it's going to follow them around until they fix it. Would you agree with that, Shaka? You're absolutely right about the timing because there were a couple times that I was watching Antonio Brown, and he got enough time to get his 5- or 10-yard out get set up, shake the defender just for a split second to turn right at the right moment and catch that precision, you know, on the dime pass and mm-hmm. go out of bounds, which is, I mean, there's not many people who do it as well as Antonio Brown. But the timing is absolutely critical to Roethlisberger and Brown's, uh, their, their chemistry basically in the field. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. It, 
it's a big deal. And I, I, I didn't really see moments for Kansas City. I think part of it was just them playing from behind. Yeah. Really, I mean the game. They, they, they the game got out of, out of hand of so fast. They were out of it. I mean, it was twenty-two zero yeah. after the first quarter, and it was just. It's, it's hard. Really hard it's hard to dig out of a hole field. like that. It's really hard for your defense to get on the field and kind of and say, "Hey, guys, we still got a fighting chance." Especially, also just factor in. Imagine if the offense goes out there and puts up a touchdown right away. The defense comes out pumped and goes, "All right, guys, we're still in this." But it just it fizzled. There was nothing there. Um, Jamal Charles actually came back and played. He only had two carries. Um, are you buying into this? Do, if you're a Jamal Charles owner, do you drop him? really hard to say. I, I wonder... I know you so love Jamal Charles. Surgeries. This is going to be a tough he question for so you. so many knee surgeries. And also, I, I will tell you this, don't put too much into the fact that he only got two carries. The weather out there was a bit on the wonky side. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of moments where it was, it was raining hard. And, and, and they got down so teams. early, so there's even less of an incentive to run the ball. Yeah, you bring, you bring back a guy who's had multiple knee surgeries on, on, like, not solid turf, and he shreds his knee, and then the next thing you know is everyone's like, why would you do something like that in a game that was already well out of hand, and you, you lose probably your most important player who's trying to come back from an injury. So I, would, I wouldn't put too much into the fact that he didn't get that many snaps this game. Okay, okay. Uh, anything else to report about this game? I, I feel like... I feel like it's pretty obvious. Travis Kelsey was good. Jeremy Macklin still gets the looks. Spencer Ware is still getting most of the carries. Alex Smith is blah, right? I think they'll be okay. I think they'll bounce back. They're not going to come back and torch the next team, but I think they'll be okay. This was kind of an aberration, and again, they just they weren't really in it after that first quarter. Yeah, and they're playing the Steelers. Um, in the meantime, Steelers are... Absolutely terrifying. Yes. I don't want to be the, the team. I think the Jets are playing them next week. Uh, that is correct. <laughs> Ooh. And you just talk about... Get your popcorn the, ready. The, the gauntlet that the Jets have to run. They got to face this team who just absolutely eviscerated a defense that manhandled them. I mean, the one positive is I think the Jets have a better pass rush than the Chiefs. That's true. It's so the one positive. They can, get, they can get in the back so that at least get themselves on Roethlisberger's radar. Correct. They're in trouble. At least make it hard for Roethlisberger, which is what the Chiefs did not do. Um, Let's move on. Los Angeles Rams defeat the Arizona Cardinals, and it came out today, Carson Palmer has a concussion, and he will not play on Thursday night. Shaka, give me some first takes about this game. Are the Cardinals for real? Is this the same situation with the Panthers? Rams' defense was good, but it's not that good. I think there were a couple times Carson Palmer really tried to force the issue. Yeah. Which he's done his entire career. He did it when he was in Cincinnati. Cost him a couple games. He did it when he was in Oakland. More often than not, he did it in Oakland. That was a lot, I think, just because that team was not that good. So he kind of felt, you know, put upon to be the guy who just takes the reins. And he just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. The one of the good things he's always had in Arizona is that he's always had a pretty solid running back and Chris Johnson, mm-hmm. now David Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's had a great wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. You got Fitzgerald, you have Malcolm Floyd, you got John Brown. Uh, and I think I think he's been a little bit shaky, and he, he's, I think he's trying too hard, and he really 
really put the team in a position, especially today or this weekend, where they just were not able to. The Rams. Again, that Rams. I mean, is the Rams defense that good? Because they've got a lot of talented players back there. I think one touch, one interception was a deflection. So we'll just cough that up to circumstance. But I think he just tried too hard. He was telegraphing his passes a little bit. I mean, I'm really starting to get worried about Carson Palmer. And and I think about his performance last year and how in some way – it's like he had to play perfect football to do what he did last year. And now yeah. this year we're sitting here saying he can't replicate that perfection. I mean, he was throwing the ball 20-plus yards downfield last year and making pinpoint passes, and you are you just said it. He's forcing the issue now, and I think he's getting himself into trouble. Now he's got a concussion. I mean, this team is 1-3. and three. Is this the beginning of the wheels coming off the wagon and we should start to like cash our chips in? Or are they just going to kind of have a couple of wins, go back to three and three, and all of a sudden this is a memory? I wanted to say I think they'd be okay, but that was before Carson Palmer got diagnosed with concussion. Yeah, and Drew Stanton, that backup in Arizona, he is not good. He's not good. Drew Stanton, oh man. I I, I have no confidence in him stepping in. His stint with the Lions was forgettable at best. And the only thing about his stint with the Lions that was memorable was Megatron. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough well, we'll see what the, the concussion protocol is for for Palmer. He's definitely not playing this week. No, he's not playing this week. But just hope that it's one game and that he's okay. Because, like I said, I think I would have probably said, you know what, the Cardinals will be fine. They'll shake off the rust a little bit, and mm-hmm. they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But the concussion kind of throws a question mark and everything. Hopefully, they'll do the smart thing. They'll give the ball to David Johnson, you know, throw it out of the backfield or running it, and just let him eat up yardage. Yeah. And not rely too much on Drew Stanton winning games. Yeah. I mean, I da- so. David yeah. Johnson is about the only – he and, and the receivers are the most consistent piece of this offense, and I think you got to lean on them, especially with Palmer out – Palmer struggling and Drew Stanton coming in, you got to give the rock to David Johnson. Um, and, you know, speaking of running backs, Todd Gurley. Um, any thoughts on Todd Gurley so far? Todd Gurley's still going to have a rough season of it. Yeah. Because Case Keenum, Case Keenum had a, two touchdown passes to, to Brian Quick. Mm-hmm. One was one was just a, just a bad tackle situation, and he broke free and ran down the sideline. There's still that offense still is not viable to me, and I still think. And actually, I can't remember the stat I looked at. I think it was on Deadspin, where they said, "Believe it or not, it's not because defenses are stacking the box on Todd Gurley, which is pretty much accounting for his low um, yards per carry average. It's not because they're stacking the box, but he's still just not able to get through and get these big chunks of yards like he used to." So really. I, I, yeah, it was fascinating. I'll send it to you later, but I looked at it and my I just raised an eyebrow like this is this is kind of a, a Listen, secret sign here. For 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 the amount of hype that we've been giving Todd Gurley, that is very troubling to hear. Yeah. So I, I, I think he's not out of the woods quite yet in terms of everything's gonna be okay. So really when it comes to having Todd Gurley and he can play the matchups, or honestly, if I were a Todd Gurley owner, I would sell high. Really? This is going to be an entire season, I think, of really the Todd Gurley just kind of trying to just get his numbers. Mm. He might, he, he's probably going to give you a touchdown here and there, but you might be able to get a little more for your value. If you trade up, I'd say if you can get a good, 
good NFL quarterback who's going to start every game, no question for you. Wow. For Todd Gurley. Wow. Shaka is saying sell high on Todd Gurley the second. Oh, wow. Um, Brian Quick, is he worth the stash? Uh, is it 2013 all over again? Yeah, really. That's it's. That's I didn't even know Brian Cook was in the league. I think you said this last week. I'm like, there's been a sighting. He, he's still around. Yeah, I he's, he's I thought they cut him two threat. years ago. He's a home run threat, but he's a home run threat on a bad team, especially with a not great quarterback. Yeah. I don't even know. I remember Case Keenum in college being uh, he's high. I think he's a throwing. He has a yardage record from uh, he plays for Houston. Mm-hmm. He has like the one of the college yardage records. But it hasn't really translated to the NFL. He's not—he's not the guy I'm worried about throwing the ball deep downfield on me. He's burned a couple guys, but I think—I think he's underestimated a little bit. It won't happen again, I'm sure. Defense is going to be playing to kind of neutralize with Brian Quick and a Kenny Britt because they have two burners. But um, and not you really kn- much. You know, you got to watch out for Tavon Austin too. Oh, Tavon Austin. Still waiting for him to be the wonder kid that. He's getting the money to be. Dude, we'll be we'll still be waiting even when they cut him and the Rams are paying him dead money. Um, and I can't wait until he comes back and, and touches him with another team that knows what to do with him. Oh god, that would be so beautiful. Finally get away from a <laughs> franchise that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Let's get away from this game. Um, let's talk about the London game. The Indianapolis Colts lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, my first take is that the Colts suck. Uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts about this? Well, the Jaguars coach gets to keep his job. Yeah, fu- yeah lucky him. <laughs> That's the big, the big takeaway from this. Uh, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. He should always be, always be involved in the offense. The guy is so good. He's so, so good. good. I think it was a touchdown pass to Allen Hearns, and I just remember seeing uh, Robinson pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Just really just blocking the heck out of this one defender down the field. I mean, the guy just plays his part. He's... He's he's a super team player and he's so valuable. I think they should. And I know it's one of those things you don't telegraph too much, but Alan Robinson gets himself open every time. Yeah, he should. He's so much more involved in that offense. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, you know, and good kudos to Alan Hearns. He had a nice touchdown. He had a he had a great touchdown in this game, which made the Colts defenders look like idiots. There was a yeah. lot of plays in this there were game. Five guys. I saw that. There were five guys. You could take a Sharpie and just draw a circle of how Dude. close they were standing together. Oh, God. And none of them. And then he just accelerated and just put them all in the dust. I mean, this Colts team, so many problems. Uh, the only people worth having are Andrew Luck and Frank Gore. Frank Gore, God bless him, has probably been one of the most consistent producers on this Colts offense. And I like Andrew Luck. He's been producing. I don't know if he's going to stay healthy for the whole season because they can't protect him. No, and he's doing a lot of running out there and a lot of sliding. I'm just going to be, I'm waiting for, I I said this before, I I hope he doesn't get hurt. There was one play, but you know some guy is going to probably wait for him to start sliding and is going to drop his shoulder and level him. Dude. And he's going to be unprotected. There's going to be a personal foul penalty, but that's not going to prevent them from losing Andrew Luck for like the rest of the season. Exactly. It's, It's rough. That offensive line has got nothing from this Swiss cheese. You know, I'm going to call it right now. So, um, if I'm correct, the AFC South, that division, they they have to play one division from the NFC. I believe this year, 
They're playing the NFC North, which means the Colts have to play the Lions, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Packers. I'm calling that Vikings defense is probably going to be the one that just levels Andrew Luck. I, they're leveling everyone else at this point. They, no one's got an answer for them, and this is just going to be, man, this is just dessert. This is skipping past dinner, they're going straight to dessert. So mm-hmm. Now, uh, Jaguars. Jaguars running back situation. Chris Ivory, TJ Yeldon, are you buying into either of them? No, I can't. I can't do it. I, I was on the TJ Yeldon train last year, and I was burned like 12 out of the 16 weeks on it. I can't do it. Now, uh, aside on the Colts side of the ball, aside from T.Y. Hilton, are there any of the other wide receivers on the Colts who you really are buying into? Like, you know, Dante Moncrief has kind of been hurt. Philip Dorsett is a home run hitter. Dwayne Allen and Jack Doyle, the tight ends, they're not getting that much uh, production as they were in the first couple of weeks. Like, anybody aside from T.Y. Hilton, do you, do you have any faith in? I think he said it. It just kind of goes with the offense and what Andrew Luck's able to make out of that mm-hmm. that pocket collapse. And yeah, Dorsett had a one catch for a touchdown, a sixty-four yard touchdown. But you take that away, he did I, nothing. Yeah, it's zip, it's donut. So and yeah, I, I, I'm like actually at a loss for words right now. I'm just rolling my eyes. I can't do it. Okay. There's nothing on that team worth salvaging besides Gore and okay. Hilton. And luck, and luck. Let's, uh, Unfortunately, luck. Let, let's get away from this game, too. Some of these games are a little rough, I, I can understand. The next game, this one's not going to be too much more exciting either. Tennessee Titans lose to the Houston Texans. Texans pull off a win, their first win without J.J. Watt this season. Um, Will Fuller's amazing. Looks wonderful. Uh, he won the game on his punt return because, uh, honestly, it looked like a fairly tight game. I think the Houston defense was really... Doing what they did, you know, they were causing trouble for Mariota. Um, you know, they gave up some rushing to DeMarco Murray. Um, they they shut down the... I don't think much of the Titans passing game, um, but... Yeah, I think the, the Titans think much of the Titans passing game right now. <laughs> but they, you know, they, they kept it a game. Like, up until Will Fuller's uh, punt return touchdown, I mean, this was a tie game. Um, I think one of the bigger stories is the fact that DeAndre Hopkins disappeared. Uh, the Titans were able to shut him down. Um, but are there any other hot takes about this game that that are I don't know that are making you raise your eyebrows at all, Shaka? I remember there was actually one play. Uh, I think the Texans had a blocked kick, and they picked it up and they ran it back for a touchdown. But the refs the refs choked on it, and they said uh, they said it wasn't a, a live ball. Oh so God! Went back and reviewed it. They so they had to replay it from fourth down. So the Texans actually got a touchdown, a legitimate touchdown call back. <sighs> Dude, besides that, just besides the bad ref play, I um. Th- so I-, I like Lamar Miller. I like DeAndre Hopkins. I am really unsure about Brock Osweiler, though. I don't blame you, honestly. He's he's had some some flashes of brilliance. Really, I would put him in the same category as I would. Uh, like a Tannehill. Tannehill, actually, no, I'd say he's probably got a little more upside in Tannehill just because of the wide receivers he has around him and the running back he has around him. Mm-hmm. He gives him a little more confidence. But I'm still waiting for that one breakout game. He's, You're right. Him not having uh, your number one, uh, not having him involved in the offense for the game itself. And mm-hmm. Will Fuller really kind of saving their butts. Yeah, he really did. Way, but he saved their butts this game. 
just have DeAndre Hopkins. I, I had Drew Blake on him. Now, DeAndre Hopkins not being involved in this at all. It should not have been that close of a game. Now, DeAndre Hopkins was able to get involved with multiple different quarterbacks last year. But we've now had two straight games where he's kind of disappeared with Brock Osweiler. Do you think DeAndre Hopkins owners just move on and just have faith that he'll bounce back, or is this sort of a sign of of bad things to come? I think he'll be okay. I think he'll bounce back. It might just be an issue where quarterback and wide receiver really haven't built that rapport yet. That okay. think I, I always think back to to Peyton Manning when had Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um, to throw to for so many years, they always had just this pregame routine where they would just go through these routes and get the timing down and get the sync down and just kind of, it showed in games where pass on protection would break down or you'd see the play itself break down downfield where they would improvise just because they were so familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. And you've got to remember that Oscar is still first year with the team. Okay. So it's still, it's still kind of agate sketchy. I think it'll come together though. I think they'll be okay. Okay. All right, all right. Um, I love DeMarco Murray. I mean, well, I don't know if I love DeMarco Murray, but he has been a fantasy stud. He continues to be a fantasy stud. Um, if you guys were lucky, if anybody out there who was lucky enough to draft him and was smart enough to pick that up, you keep riding that train for the rest of the season because he is a slot machine when it comes to fantasy points right now. Anybody else from that uh, that Titans offense? Uh, Delaney Walker uh, should be coming back. I mean, it's disappointing that they just, Jay Tomorrow, he's drafted as a, a receiving tight end, and he hasn't been able to uh, to fill in and kind of get them anything. Yeah, like, which... had a couple fumbles, and he had an interception, and this is really because he has no one to throw to. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's disappointing because, you know, with Delaney Walker sitting out, this would have been a perfect opportunity for Jay Tomorrow to step in. I think Walker's back the next game. They really need him in that offense. They do. He's just, he's so money. As bad as Mariota's been, I just remember last year when Mariota was doing well, Delaney Walker was the guy getting two touchdowns. He might only had 40 yards, 50 yards here or there, but he was getting the uh, the catches. And I think I think you called it two weeks ago. Delaney Walker's the best receiver they have in Tennessee. It's terrifying. Yeah. But uh, let's, uh, let's, I, I don't know. Let's, Sorry, I was going to say, I don't really, I, as bad as Mariota's been, I think just the fact that him not having anyone to throw to, is kind of compounded his problems where he's holding the football too long and he's just getting massacred. No, I agree. And there, I think there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of things to be optimistic about with this Titans team, but they've got such glaring flaws that it just holds them back, and that's a big reason why they're 1-3. and three. Um, Let's get away from this game. I don't think there's much else to say. Um, no. Cleveland Browns lose to the Washington Redskins. They are now 0-4. They're desperately, desperately trying to win a game. I don't think much of the Redskins either, but at least they pull out the victory. Um, any first takes about this game, Shaka? I'm going to try and strip the meat uh, from the bones of this one, but <laughs> besides the fact that Isaiah Crowell... Isaiah Crowell, yeah, legit. I think, I think he's either the first or second best running back in the league right now in terms of yardage. Yeah. He's just he's doing it. And, and it's really just a testament to the fact that that Browns team is just so, so bad. Yeah. So if you have him, play him. Play him every week. Put him in a flex. And running backs in general are they're they're kind of valuable. They're they're, yeah. they're more they're worth more than gold this year. Yeah, I mean there's, there's only so many, so many of them that you can really rely on. 
so I play him every week. I'm, I have him in one of my leagues, and I'm playing him every week for sure. And he hasn't disappointed me yet. If you want to contrast a running back situation, think about Todd Gurley on the Rams and think about Isaiah Crowell on the Browns. Both situations, you know, their quarterbacks are really, really question marks, but yet Crowell still manages to find ways to rip off chunks of yards. So really, really a testament to Crowell and how well he's playing right now. He's great, and he's also ripped off some, some big, big chunks of yardage just because he, he's always had that talent, I think. And I think now that they've kind of established him as the running back there instead of kind of splitting time with Duke Johnson Jr. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And listen, really even Duke shot. Johnson still got into the mix. They still throw him in there. I actually I started him on one of my team. I'm, I have a team. I told you the one that's got no running backs. I threw Duke Johnson out there. He was he was actually decent. He got some PPR numbers, but it is still Isaiah Crowell's show, and he's an absolute monster right now. Definitely, Terrell Pryor. I think he. I think we're talking about he's he's a must start now. He is really just he's just getting all the looks there. He didn't even play quarterback this week, which I was kind of hoping for just for the <laughs> just for the giggles. But um, he he had I think four catches for fifty yards and mm-hmm. a touchdown, mm-hmm. and he had a couple. I think he had a couple runs too. Yeah. But he the, the offense can kind of really float through him. They they like it as an option. So. Yeah. And now You're right if you have him, Corey Coleman is still out with the broken hand. Uh, Cody Kessler. Once Cody Kessler took over as quarterback. I mean, Terrell Pryor is getting all the looks. I think he's a yes. he's a definite must start if you've got him. Um, and Josh Gordon is not playing for the rest of the year. Nope. I think, or he's nope. indefinitely going to be in rehab. Dude, so. right before he was about to start and come back, he goes to rehab. Now Hugh Jackson comes out. The Browns are going to cut him. I, I, I stashed him on a couple of teams. I was a little upset, but yeah. in the I words. Think everyone of, did. Of, of all the fantasy people, I'm so happy that he's he's a, he's mature enough to go to rehab and blah blah blah. Listen, I'm a I'm I'm just a cold-hearted son of a bitch when I say you know what I want him to play on my fantasy team and win some fantasy football games for me, and I'm disappointed he won't. Good luck to him, Absolutely. but I'd rather see him playing on the field because he's a hell of a football player. You know, it's got to be bad when a guy gives up a career that he's been he's been trying to get back into for literally years, and he's just admitting that he can't do it. And, so and I don't and, know what's going on. It's got to be bad. And, and a week before he's about to go back on the field. Just rough. Yeah. Uh, anything to take away with the Redskins, aside from the offensive name? <laughs> um trying to think here. Uh, yeah, uh, jo- Jordan oh. Reed's the man. Um, Crowder's been a little bit disappointing. Crowder was a little disappointing. Deshaun Jackson is a home run hitter. Kirk Cousins throws the ball. Even when they lose, he he puts up numbers. It's, he goes with Reed. Whenever Reed is hot, and obviously because of Cousins, I think Cousins just really has to find a way to get him more involved in games. And it's not going to guarantee you a win, but it's going to guarantee you a chance to be competitive in mm-hmm. every game. Uh, are you buying into Matt Jones running back for the Redskins? I would like to. I really want to. And I think um, I think there was a league I have where I actually started him, and he, he had a touchdown this weekend, didn't he? He, he did. He finally he did have a touchdown. He finally found the end zone. Yeah. Um, I want to because that Redskins offense really needs him to to kind of give the receivers a breather and give the defense a breather. Just the fact they have a guy who's a bruiser who can, you know, carry the ball 20, 25 times a game and really mix things up. 
So I'd like him to be viable. He's not there yet. I'd yeah. say, let's give it some time. You got to play the matchups with that one. Yeah, and they do a lot of that. You know, they bring in Chris Thompson a lot. You know, there's a lot of passing down backs where Chris Thompson will get the goal line look, or Chris Thompson will get you know the red zone you know, shovel pass or something. There's been a couple of yeah. Chris Johnson short yardage touchdowns in the red zone where you're just you're just aching for Matt Jones to just get a red zone carry and, and punch it in. If he wasn't still fumble prone, he'd probably be okay. Yeah, it's like we said, let's we'll we'll see. It's it's a quarter of the way through the season. We'll see how things progress. Let's move on. Uh, next game I have on the docket, Denver Broncos defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, the game is delayed due to lightning in Tampa Bay. Broncos defense is for real, but one of the bigger storylines, Trevor Simeon hurts his shoulder, gets knocked out of the game. The rookie Paxton Lynch steps in and does not miss a beat. Shaka, what are your first reactions to this game? I'm really impressed by the fact that the Broncos let Paxton Lynch throw the football. Yeah. He, he didn't just come in and manage the game. He actually threw the football. He, he looked good. Nifty passes. He looked I, good. I didn't know he, did not know he was that far along. So that was definitely impressive. He got he got everyone involved. He got Sanders involved. He mm-hmm. got Thomas involved. So you know what? If if our boy Oswald has to miss a couple more games, I'd say... Yeah, they might be okay with Paxton Lynch. It's a little premature, though. Dude, this is this this is crazy to think the Broncos are able to make this offense click and look the way it's looking, considering their quarterback situation. Um, I I think they definitely want to bring Trevor Simeon back, and they're confident. But I think there's a part of them that's sort of like, you know what? With our defense and the way Paxton Lynch looked, we'll be just fine. Like, put anybody in. Do you do you have any hesitation? If you're a Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders owner, about starting them this coming week, I don't think so. Like I said, he got a uh, he got Thomas involved. Uh, really, actually, sorry, he got Sanders involved more. Sanders hadn't scored a touchdown yet until he came into the game. Thomas was still in it. Uh, I think he's okay. I, he looks like he's had enough reps, at least in practice, that he didn't look he didn't look fuzzy. He didn't look disoriented. He wasn't scrambling to try to figure out guys' assignments and routes. He mm-hmm. came in, he threw some, some crisp passes, and he was, he was accurate. So I would say for now, he's okay. okay. I, I, need, I, need a full, I need a full game. I need a full four-quarter game before I'm on the, the Pax and Lynch bandwagon here. Okay. It's okay. also a question of uh, how badly hurt is Simeon. Do they... Do they do x-rays and everything? Or is he I mean, game I'm hearing now that he's day-to-day. I think there's a legitimate expectation that he'll be back to play the next game. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, CJ Anderson, still doing what he does, uh, not missing okay. a beat. Um, what about the Buccaneers? So, they definitely got to Jameis Winston. Uh, he had a couple of turnovers, didn't throw the ball that much. Charles Sims really is not Doug Martin. Um, this no, Buccaneers team, not. they really struggled. They they really, really struggled. Um, I mean, listen, they were playing the Broncos. I know they were at home, but still, I'm a little... I mean, I like this offense, but I think it really depends on who they're playing. And, I, I mean, I'm not buying into Charles Sims. I can tell you that right now. I think you said it. The, the lack that there's no Doug Martin who who can really rip sometimes. He him not being healthy, and they might have to wait until after the bye week for him to even be on deck. No, so I think you're right. Week six at best. Week six before the team even looks somewhat like I wouldn't touch him. 
I mean, radioactive right now. The only it's, it's radioactive. <laughs> the only the only uh, the only player on the Buccaneers I feel good about is Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike Evans is the only sure shot. He gets so many looks per game. Yeah, I mean, without fail, no, no matter how bad the Buccaneers' offense is, he still gets like double-digit targets. You're always going to produce with, with him, so yeah. he's the only only legit on this team. Okay. Um, any other takeaways? You want to move on? Let's move on. Just that Broncos defense. That Broncos Beautiful. defense, man. Von Miller. Beautiful to watch. Earning his money. Um. Here, let's uh, go back in time a little bit. Thursday night game, Miami Dolphins lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, A.J. Green is a monster. Uh, Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard are just splitting carries like uh, you know, like normal. I think Jeremy Hill got the touchdown at least. Um, but again, do, do you feel comfortable about that running back committee at all? I feel about as comfortable about the running back committee as I do about those ugly uniforms they wore that night. <laughs> the creamsicles? Just, why? I, I don't understand who, who, who signed the paperwork that said this is a great idea. I just, I got, I, I got nothing but, for you there. But to be serious, um, if you're going to pick one of those guys, you got to go with Jordan Hill. He's just a red zone guy every yeah. time, and he can still punch it in from 20 yards out. Bernard oh. is still that catch in the backfield, but... Oh, and I and I confirmed. Uh, Jeremy Hill did not have a touchdown. It was uh, there was both teams only scored a single touchdown. You had the AJ the Green touchdown, quarter, yeah, and then you had um, what the hell? Uh, Ryan uh, uh, Tannehill had that long touchdown to Kenny Stills, and that was really yeah. their entire offensive output. That's pretty much. Uh, it was a snort fest after that. Yeah, I mean the rest of the game was pretty boring. It was just a lot of field goals. I, I don't even know. I don't really know if there's anything else to say about this game aside from. The the running backs uh, for the running backs for the Dolphins suck. Yeah, I don't think they they, they didn't really give them a chance. Well, also Bengals defense is pretty good. Yeah, but there's there's still it doesn't sound the reason why I'm so hesitant. It doesn't sound like the Dolphins know what the hell to do about their running back situation. Like, yeah. they're just basically holding on for dear life until Aaron Foster is somewhat healthy enough to come back, which might be next week, but probably not. I, if I were them, I would give Jay a J a chance to be the man. Give him twenty carries and see yeah. what happens. I mean, it does not hurt. I think they. I mean, I think they want to, but I just think they get down. They start throwing the ball. They they abandon the run game, and I think that's and they don't kind throw of throw the ball too well. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's been the story for their team so far this season. And you know, they spent all this money on Indomik and Sue, but I mean, their secondary is bad. Yeah, and they're getting exposed. And you know what? A.J. Green had a couple great catches. And there were a couple where he was just wide open in the middle of the field. Yeah, and I mean, we saw that touchdown. It was a quick out to the left, and yeah. he just broke a tackle. tackle. Missed tackle and just, just ran it right in. That's I think bad tackling. To, just to take it a note, is usually when a defender is on the wide receiver, you can actually see his hands out, and he's trying to knock the ball away before it comes. So at least you get a risk of a pass interference. At least he tried to do something. But there was one catch in particular. Eddie Dalton just dropped this in. In between two defenders, just dropped it right into A.J. Green's hands as he was moving. He barely had to look at it. Just threaded the needle. But there was nothing from the defenders in terms of trying to bat the ball away. Yeah. So and they, they, and they played cover of it. You can't count out Andy Dalton, man. I know there's a lot no. of haters on Andy Dalton, but he's, per- he's pretty damn good. He, 
he hasn't thrown many touchdowns this season, though, which is, I think, why probably people would stay away from him. Yeah, that's true. That and, offense really hasn't... I mean, they've been good. They've actually moved the ball on the field. Yeah. But they're not lighting it up. And, you know, if I may, I think part of it is they're missing Tyler Eifert. He was a vicious red zone target for them. He had something like eight or ten touchdowns in the red zone for them last year, and they are really they don't have that. Like no one's filled that void in the red zone for them this year. I think you're right. I think it. I hadn't really thought about. It. I hadn't really given much credit to Eifert, but you know it, it makes even the absence of a Marvin Jones even more glaring because mm-hmm. they just had so many weapons last year. Mm-hmm. Well, those three touchdown games for Dalton are now looking like one. Yeah. And, you know, barely 200 yards passing. Dude, I completely agree. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, – that's that's. I, I don't really know if I have much to – oh, yeah. By the way, Tyler Eifert uh, got hurt again, so he's even delayed even further from getting back onto the field. What? Yeah, oh, apparently man, he injured his back during, like, a practice or something. Yeah, they're going to be hurting. That offense is it. yeah, it's, it's going to get exposed. AJ Green is only human. He's listen. He's only he can only do so much by himself. Um, let's move on. Let's get away from the Thursday night game. We're almost done with our slate of games, and then we'll pick uh we'll pick uh, winners for next week. Uh, we have Lions Bears. The Bears win their first game of the season at home in Chicago, Soldier Field, beating up on Matthew Stafford. Um, any takeaways from this game? Zach Miller. Zach Miller. He's got a really, he's got a really good, uh, he's got a really good rapport. Mm-hmm. Brad Hoyer. Brian Brad Hoyer, Hoyer looks good, man. This Brian is Hoyer. two straight 300-yard passing games. I know he's Brian Hoyer. I know he's going to do the stuff Brian <laughs> Hoyer does, but he's producing. And I mean, at least from a fantasy standpoint, I'm thinking about starting him next week. He's got a tasty matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. I think oh, he might be a good play. Out really well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Man, I hadn't. I didn't even know the matchup. Wow. Uh, and and two straight three hundred yard games. He's looked pretty poised in the pocket. Um, they just uh, the Chicago Bears. They just came out. They said Kevin White broke his leg. He's done yeah. for the year. So now you got Eddie Royal, who's looking good, and you got Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Miller. And Zach Miller and Brian Hoyer got some rapport. Like I don't know if they're going to win games, but I feel kind of good about fantasy production. Man, Eddie Royal just will not go away. He's he's been around. And he's 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 hung on. He's hung on for teams, and he actually had a good, he had a great game. I think. Uh, yeah. He had a touchdown, and he he got himself open a couple times, just wide open catches, and he could run after the catch. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to see another game with Eddie Royal. Just now without Kevin White running, you know. Because you know, because now Kevin White is not going to be stealing any any targets from him. Exactly, they're so they're so depleted at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. So Eddie Royal's got a chance to kind of turn the clock back a little bit. You know, I was having I was talking to Katie. I talked to Katie pretty often about her fantasy team, and uh, you know, she was having the same discussion with me. Like, should I go get Eddie Royal? And I was really on the fence because I'm like, it's Eddie Royal. He's the number three guy. He's going to do this one week, not the next, but. He's played four games so far, and three of them he's been very productive. And now Kevin White's going down. I mean, I, go up. I, I gotta, I gotta put my eggs in the Eddie Royal basket and say, you know what? I think he's worth a stash. I think, I, th- I absolutely think so. I think you're right. I, I think besides uh, maybe a Dontrell Inman, I don't really have too many uh, fantasy picks this week where I'm like, you gotta run out and grab this guy. So it's, it's interesting uh, that you mentioned that because I'm trying to think right now. Besides Eddie Royal, 
Yeah, Eddie Rose, he's definitely going to get more targets. He's going to get more catches. So mm-hmm. if you're in a PPR league, he, he's a he's a tasty-looking uh, pickup right now. I like that. I like that. I'm uh, So I'm liking Brian Hoyer. Jordan Howard, the rookie running back, looked great. Um, hundred yards rushing. He did exactly what a uh, you know we were expecting him to do. I I certainly would have loved to have picked him up, but in any of my leagues. But uh, I did not have the waiver priority last weekend. Everybody I recommended him to certainly enjoyed starting him. Uh, do you think he's the man going forward? Like if Jeremy Langford comes back from his high ankle sprain in three weeks, is he going to take back the job? What do you think? It's a tough call sometimes with ankle sprains because you just don't know the severity. But uh, Howard looked really good. I I think the Browns, sorry, the Browns, I think the Bears are okay with keeping Howard at the starting running back position and maybe working uh, our guy back in slowly. Just, just kind of do a little running ankle. back by committee with Howard and Langford? Yeah. Until Langford's 100%. And just to see if his ankle is actually okay and good to go. So Howard's okay for now. you got a couple weeks uh production from him. I think he's going to he's gonna have a, at least one or two big games that he busts out and scores because he's got the potential. Okay. Okay. Let's flip to the Lions. Um, Marvin Jones still looks great. Golden Tate. Okay. This is... I, I think I think it's time to drop Golden Tate. It's concerning. There was one play in particular. That interception. Oh, God, that interception. He, he ran a completely wrong route. He was going... Oh. He's going to North and the pass was going west. Yes, and he just threw it right to the defender. Oh, that was that was ugly. Like that is, that's the type of shit that gets you benched. I know Stafford was absolutely livid. I'm sure on the sideline with that because just a just a blow in assignment and it cost you six points. Yeah, and you know Stafford's come back being like, "Hey, asshole, that interception's on my stat line." Yeah, it's true. It's it's one of those things. That you're professional. You're being paid millions of dollars for this. And it's just a mental mistake. It's so, very disconcerting. Tate, things are very different for Tate right now, and he should be he should be eating this up right now because you know he, there was all this worry about how are you going to replace a Megatron. Jones is no Megatron, but he's been pretty damn. good. He's been doing a pretty good job trying to imitate him. Pretty damn good job, and this is your chance to kind of help him. And really, you, you should be getting good looks. Especially the secondary on Jones, you should be getting good looks at the football, and you're blowing it. Um, Eric Ebron, it came out today. There's a very good chance he will not play this Sunday. He's got some foot and ankle issues, so apparently uh, the Lions have to look for tight end issues as well. Um, certainly, be mindful for any Eric Ebron owners out there. You got to know he might not be playing this weekend. Um, anything else to really take away from this game, Shaka? I think I'm done with this one. All right, last game on the docket, Monday Night Football. Giants lose to the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings keep rolling on, 4-0. Sam Bradford, 3-0, looking amazing. Third straight touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph. That's three weeks in a row with Sam Bradford. Kyle Rudolph gets into the end zone. Um, What are your takeaways from this game? I got a few more, but I want to hear what you think. You know, I'm trying to figure out where to start here. I want to start with... Maybe not the obvious issue with the Giants, but let's say, you know what? This Vikings team looks pretty good, at least on the offensive side. I think they can ramp it up a little bit. Obviously, the defense is friggin' amazing. Defense is right up there with the Broncos. But Sam Bradford, he's in the perfect position where, hey, you know what? You don't have to force the issue. Nope. Like the Cubs and Palmer. He looks great. He doesn't make anything happen. Just. 
plays. Let's keep the ball moving down the field. Yeah. We'll run it every now and then, and it's working. They're pressing guys, and the defense is getting, you know, getting fourth and ones or fourth and outs and getting them off the field and getting the offense back on. Dude, and so I, they're giving them opportunities. I mean, that's what's making this team not just good but great. This Vikings team is... They've got an offense, and this is without Teddy Bridgewater. This is without Adrian Peterson. This is a team that's getting these these short yardage downs. This is a team that's converting third downs, and Sam Bradford hasn't turned the ball over. No, he got um he got a new receiver involved this week. Charles Johnson. Yep, came in and Charles had some big plays for them. Now and oh, Kyle Rudolph is like the number two scoring tight end in the league right now. And that was a great pass to Rudolph because it was not an easy throw. No, it, that was so. pretty. Yeah, Bradford looks, he finally, I wouldn't say he finally looks, but these are the moments, the flash of brilliance, which show you why he had, it took so long for teams to finally give up on him. They were waiting for this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. It's, so, I mean, it's he's beautiful. won some big games. Now, the Giants, um, listen, I'm I'm not too worried about Odell Beckham. Listen, I think the guy's got to relax. He's clearly freaking out. This is the the news that's on ESPN is how the last two games, you know, the the TV cameras they could they could focus on any of the fifty three guys on the sideline. But you know what? Part of being a superstar, Odell Beckham Jr., is being a superstar, which means when you freak out and your blonde hair is all over the place and you're throwing a fit on the sideline, the national television camera is going to focus on you. The truth, sure. even dude, when you don't want to be on, you're on, buddy. Yeah, man, you're the man. You're going to get double covered, and you know what? You're going to have tough games. You're playing the best defense in the league. So that's why I'm not really too worried about this game. They were playing the Vikings defense. They shut him down. They said, all right, if you're going to beat us, beat us with Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz, which they tried to do. They, you know, I mean, mean, they did the best they could, but you're playing the Vikings D in Minnesota. I mean, that game played out exactly as I thought it would. I think they made, well, they definitely made too much of a thing of the uh, the Beckham Jr. temper tantrum. Yeah, I mean. But I I think the takeaway from him from this is, you know what, you can be as upset as you want. And there was one play where he got hit pretty late. Yep, yep. And he had a legit beef. Yes. But it's, that's no, you know, there's no justification it, to come but back. But it's like, dude, this is football. You know the refs only see the play after the dirty one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, there's no better way to sit. You got to take the punches. You yeah. got to take the blows, man. Keep on moving. Dude, Keep and, on the and roll to the next week and then just destroy the next cornerback who's got to cover you, man. It's yeah. one play at a 15, time. 15 yard penalty does nothing, it doesn't even soothe your ego. So, I, I, think, I think he'll be okay after this. I think he's really going to have. And if I recall, I read somewhere that Jerry Reese actually came into the locker room and had to sit down with him after the game for 10 minutes and just talked about controlling your emotions. So uh, the Giants aren't just kind of sweeping this one under the rug. They want to nip this in the bud because it is actually costing them on the field. If defenders can realize it doesn't take that much to take their best receiver out of the game, if you can taunt him and hit him late and get him worked up, you can work him out of the game. So he's got to get under control. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I'm I'm not too worried about these guys. Uh, I've got two questions about this game before we move off and we do uh, pick them for next week. Um, number one, who's the running back to own for the Giants right now? Is it Orleans Darkwa? Is that the closest option? I mean, Paul Perkins came. Paul Perkins had a great run at the end of the game, but it was one run, and I think the coaches are not 
you know, they're not ready to just give him the rock off of one impressive run. It looks like Orleans Darkwa is the presumptive starter for right now. Would you agree? I think Darkwa is a starter. I think they're going to work Perkins in just as a receiver out of the backfield just because he does it a little bit better mm-hmm. than a Darkwa. And Bobby Rainey was in there too, so they're doing a little bit yeah, of a three-headed right. monster as well. Until uh, until Jennings gave himself back on the field, which who knows when that's going to happen. But I think the, the I think if Darkwa can kind of establish himself as that tough down running back, he'll be okay, but he's not going to have many chances, especially if the Giants have to be playing from behind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's going to work himself right out of it. That's the only reason Rainey was in or like a Perkins are in, just because they have to get the passing game going. That's a, that's a really good point. It's a very good point, Shaka. Um, last question about this game. Stefan Diggs had a decent game, but we've now played four games with Stefan Diggs. First two weeks, he has 100 yards, blows up, he's amazing. The last two weeks, he was all right. I, th- I think it's still clear that he's the number one guy and that he's getting all those looks. Mm-hmm. But are you worried at all? Are you sort of skeptical that he's going to kind of drift back down to earth and he's never going to do what he did in the first two weeks? What do you think right now? Well, as president of the Stephen Diggs uh, fan club here, I am familiar with this phenomenon. It did happen last year. There were a couple of games where he had some, not monster games, but he had a big game where he had 11 catches and 120 yards. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the next week, he kind of faded. So he's got a little bit of an issue with that. And I think we can also find a correlation between that and the fact that Kyle Rudolph is playing so well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's got such a good good thing down with Sam Bradford that there's only it, it was only a matter of time you can't throw to one guy every time Charles Johnson got involved in this game yeah. so I think it was more of an issue of Bradford spreading the ball around I'd say and and, and they're winning got, they're winning yeah they're winning this was big they haven't had to have any shootouts with anyone yet either so you know they're trying to get the running game involved to run the clock down so you don't need a Stephen Diggs as much as you did against the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. where he showed up and you know you throw him 12, 13 targets, and he delivered. So gotcha. I think he's still part of it, but he's, he's probably going to have a little bit of a reduced role. He's still the number one receiver on the Minnesota Vikings, which are uh, which are starting to look like, if not a brilliant, high-powered offense, a pretty darn good one. They look like the real deal. Okay, all right. Good recap of uh, week four. Only took us an hour and a half. But everybody out there who geeks out on football as much as we do, I'm sure you're loving every single minute of it. I hope so. Let's go through week five. Shaka, Thursday night football, Arizona Cardinals playing the San Francisco 49ers at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California without Carson Palmer. Who you got? Would have called this the bounce back game if Palmer was playing. I still find it very difficult for Arizona to lose this game, though, even with Stanton at quarterback. Uh, Not a big fan of uh, the 49ers running game, even though... It's looked a lot better with Carlos Hyde. He's looked a little bit more of like a legit NFL running back. But he's still got to go against the Arizona defense. So I still have to go. David Johnson gets a crap load of carries. He's going to put up 130 yards rushing at least. Get you two touchdowns because you play it smart. You don't let Stanton kind of carry the game on his back. You put on your running back. Cardinals for sure. Okay. I am going to agree with you. I'm also going to pick the Cardinals. I think that they will feed David Johnson an awful lot. With any luck, he should hopefully have 150 yards from scrimmage. They should go more to a run game and less of a pass game. I think you'll see Fitzgerald and the receiving core 
have less production this week. The Niners, I'm just seeing so much Chip Kelly with this team. I see fast-paced, exciting offense for a quarter or two, and then a defense that just can't hold it together for the rest of the game. I think the Cardinals are going to pull this one out with a nice bounce-back game, even without Palmer. I'm agreeing with you. I'm picking the Cardinals. New England Patriots, Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Welcome back, Tom Brady. Who you got, Shaka? Uh, this is the, the return of the king. This is, uh, again, that, that Cleveland secondary. Sleepless nights, they're taking melatonin. They're taking any kind of sleeping pills they can find just to get a good night's rest. <laughs> so they can go over how badly they're going to get spanked. I, you know what? I, uh... I got nothing else to say, buddy. I'm done. Yeah. Patriots win this one for sure. Patriots, I'm picking them as well. Tom Brady will come back and do his Tom Brady thing. Uh, let's talk some Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles come out of the bye week and play the Detroit Lions on the road in Detroit. This is one year after Chip Kelly's Eagles went to Detroit on Thanksgiving Day and let Matthew Stafford throw five touchdowns on them. Who do you think's going to win this year's matchup between the Eagles and the Lions? Well, I'm pretty sure Jim Schwartz is not going to let that happen. So <laughs> you can you can bet your you can bet your butt on that one that they're not going to go in there. They're they're probably looking back and reminding themselves, hey, we can't have a repeat of last year. Ooh. I the factor and also Carson Wentz looks so good, and I'm really curious to see. If he can keep this momentum going on. Thankfully, he's got a bit of a soft defense in the Lions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he doesn't have to ramp right back up to uh, to super, to super, uh, super staying here. I think they're going to win this one. I'm going to go with your Philadelphia Eagles, my friend. Well, thank you. I am also going to go with the Eagles. It feels so nice to be able to actually pick them with confidence. This is not where... <laughs> You know, sometimes they'll play the Broncos or the Patriots. I'm like, I don't care. I'm picking the Eagles. No, this time I'm like, no, they can beat the Lions. This is it's a road game, but Wentz has looked good. The defense is stingy. I think the Lions have had some issues. I mean, I think the Eagles' defense is really going to knock around Matthew Stafford, and then you'll see Carson Wentz probably see. I'm curious how much of the split is going to be between Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles in the backfield, but... You know, they're going to put up more points, and they're going to win this game. I'm picking the Eagles. I think Matthews is still a little bit banged up, so you should see Sproles a lot more. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting Sproles on one of my teams. Uh, next up, Chicago Bears on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. I was mentioning this with the Brian Hoyer matchup. Who you got in this one? This is a very intriguing matchup because I feel like this is one that can go either way, really. I, because I agree with you on that one. That Colts, that Colts defense and offense is just so wobbly that we could, man, we could see Andrew Luck throw a four touchdowns against a soft mm -hmm. defense. I agree. Or we can see maybe Frank Gore having a hundred yard day. It's it's really it's a really tough call because on the other side, Brian Hoyer looked good, if not great, at quarterback position. Yeah, and he's gonna be throwing against that still bad Colts defense. Yeah. I gotta go with the home team on this one, just because you at least have the home field advantage, and you can only hope that's enough to get you over the hump here. Okay, I uh, am gonna go against you on this one. Or, or wait a minute, you're going with the home team. You're going with the Colts. I'm going with the Colts. You're going with the Colts, the home team. Okay, I, well then I'm gonna go with you on this one. I'm also picking the Colts. Um, I think this is gonna be a shootout, like it was with the uh, the Chargers and the Saints last week. 
yes. I think there's going to be no defense in this game. Um, and I think that's going to be ex- – I think Brian Hoyer and Andrew Luck are both going to throw the ball 300-plus yards. And I kind of feel like, yes, home field advantage for the Colts. And I've just seen Andrew Luck pull too many game-winning drives out of his ass in the fourth quarter to, to count to bet against him in a situation like this. <laughs> like, I think it's going to be whoever has the ball last – and I think it's going to be Hoyer going down the field, Andrew Luck going down the field, and I just I don't have faith that Hoyer can pull out a fourth quarter win like Andrew Luck can. And even though these two teams are schlocky, I got to go with Luck and the Colts. It's so crazy to say that there's an actual even matchup at the wide receiver position. It's just so strange, just because it shouldn't be. I mean, the Colts, the Colts should be absolutely superior, but but they're not. They are not. They're not. <laughs> Uh, Next up, Tennessee Titans on the road against the Miami Dolphins. Now, because of the impending hurricane in Miami, there is a small chance they will play this game in Tennessee. That being said, which one of these teams do you actually think will win, wherever the hell they play, Titans or Dolphins? Well, I did not know that. I I did not know that. I just read that now. Interesting caveat. I would have said Dolphins in this, and I think I still will go Dolphins, just because I, they should have a better defense than they do. But um, Tannehill, they got to figure something out with uh, getting all of his weapons together. They got to get the running game actually friggin' involved, because you know Demarco Murray's gonna be coming on the other side. Yep. But I just do not trust Marcus Mariota right now in football. Yeah. I think, and the biggest question is. If Delaney Walker's playing or not, if he is, they're a much better team. If not, I gotta go Dolphins on this one. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm also picking the Dolphins. I think that this is a matchup of two schlocky teams. Um, I don't trust Mariota. I don't really I don't really know how much I trust Tannehill either. But I kind of feel like, you know, I'm gonna assume the game's in Miami. And I'm going to assume that the Miami defense is going to cause trouble for Mariota. I think they're going to get gouged by DeMarco Murray, just like everyone else has been gouged by him. But, you know, when it comes right down to it, I see the Dolphins squeaking this one out and finding ways to win more so than the Titans. And I, you know, it's tough because they both suck, but I'm going to also go with the Dolphins on this one. I'm agreeing yeah, with you. It's always hard to pick 30 teams. Yeah, it's, it's hard. to Like, it's hard to... Who the hell's going to win Bears-Colts? Who the hell's going to win Titans-Dolphins? These, these matchups are atrocious. Um, <laughs> next up, Washington Redskins on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Who you got? This matchup, I, I actually would love to watch some of this game just because it's it, it's going to be fascinating. This is, this is kind of a rivalry game. Yeah, you know, but, little, um, little Washington, D.C. area rivalry. Joe Flacco looks... Solid. He hasn't looked amazing, but he's looked pretty solid coming back. Keith Smith is his rock, his anchor, his light, his salvation out there right now. <laughs> and I think he's going to have another big game just because I'm trying to figure out really if Josh Norman can handle a man who's not afraid of anyone on the field. I mean, I think Josh Norman can handle many men. I don't know if he can handle Steve Smith because I don't know if Steve no. Smith is a man. <laughs> Yeah. Steve so Smith is like a creature fun. from another universe. They're going to be jawing. They're going to be physical. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch in and of itself. Yeah. But I still got to give the Ravens a slight, slight edge. They finally got the, the defense 
somewhat back. They got a couple guys healthy again who can finally play and get involved. It's going to be a close one, though. But we'll see uh, if Kirk Cousins has what it takes to, to get over the hump. But I've got to go Ravens. I will agree with you and also pick the Ravens. I think that this game is going to probably resemble something similar to the Raiders game last week because I think the the Redskins can throw the ball. They've got a lot of offense. Uh, and I think they're going to find ways to put up yards and points even with the Ravens' defense. Um, however... I think the Ravens are going to do exactly what you said. Steve Smith is going to get his. I think uh, Terrence West is going to get his because the Redskins have a crappy defense as well. And unlike last week against the Raiders, who hack, who have a quarterback and a wide receiver who can pull out a victory like that, I don't think the Redskins have the personnel to do something like that. And when you're talking about the Ravens being at home, I think this time around that home court advantage is really going to work out in the Ravens' favor. I'm picking the Ravens. Next up, the Houston Texans on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. Who you got? Ooh, this is going to be a very good game. I I think this is really going to come down to uh, just what Brock Osweiler is made of. Because we, we both said that we don't like him too much. He's, he's kind of shaky. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he hasn't been, he hasn't really convinced me that he's got a hold of that team. He, he's very much uh, just like every other Texans wide, uh, quarterback that's come in and out that this is a revolving door of a guy who will throw two touchdowns and throw two picks or yeah. one touchdown and a pick. It's a There's shame. They, they really have not found a franchise quarterback. The closest thing they've ever had to it was Matt Schaub, and uh, let's not even Towards talk about end. what happened to that. Towards the end, man, he really, he really went down. But Dude. yeah, it's, it's a revolving door, and the only difference right now is just the name of the jersey. Yeah. The name on the back of the jersey right now. So I, this is Oswald's chance to... I hope he's going over game footage, because he's going to need it for the Vikings defense. Yes. Will, Will Fuller is going to show up. Hopkins hopefully will bounce back and he'll show up. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Miller is going to get his touches, which he's gotten so many. He hasn't really busted out yet for a big game. He hasn't had that touchdown game yet. But I've got him on my fantasy lineup. I'm definitely starting him. I think he's he's got to come through at some point. I'm still going to have to go with that Minnesota Vikings defense. It's so hard to go against. I'm in complete yeah. agreement with you, dude. I'm going with the Vikings. They're at home. That defense is going to chew up and spit out Osweiler. I think Hopkins is going to have difficulty finding room. I think Lamar Miller is going to have difficulty finding room. What I'm really curious to see is how Sam Bradford and the offense, uh, how they handle the Texans' D. You know, I, I'm curious if this is going to be a complete defensive slug match, and it, and it just might be. Um, you know, like this could, be, this could be a 17-14 game. Uh, but I am also picking the Vikings. I think it's going to be pretty tenacious, and I, I do think Osweiler is going to be the victim of some serious pressure by the Vikings' D. Um, next up... We've got the New York Jets going on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shaka, who you got? Like I said before, Jets are running headlong into a buzzsaw. <laughs> we, I, I, I looked at Russell Wilson and I said, you know what? He's, he's got two bad ankles, he's got a bum knee, and he just shrugged me off like he shrugged off every other defensive player. And I think he's going to go in. Um, man... Roethlisberger's going to do the same thing? 
I, I can't. I don't know if I'm able to watch this game. So thankfully, I won't be able to. We'll, I'll have other things to do this weekend. That's right. You'll be busy. As, you'll as, be busy at the wedding we're going to. As you well know, yes, we'll be. Maybe we'll get a chance to uh, to lament together. As Ben Roethlisberger does an even better Russell Wilson impersonation. Oh. Uh, that Steelers, the Steelers offense is humming right now. It's just. I'm sure it's looking at chops, and it, it, it's looking forward to the challenge of taking on the front seven and giving Roethlisberger just enough time to cut the secondary to pieces. So I gotta go Steelers over my Jets, unfortunately. That's okay, man. It's it's that time comes for all of us. I am also picking the Steelers for everything that you just said. I think Roethlisberger is gonna burn Revis Island, even if he's out there. If he's not out there, he's gonna burn whoever's out there. Uh, but I am excited to see the front seven of the Jets maybe try to actually cause some trouble for Roethlisberger and make it harder for him. I certainly think the Jets are going to make this more of a game than the Chiefs did. I think so. It's definitely going to be competitive, but I still got to go at least 10 points. Steelers. Okay. All right. That, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, moving on. Let's go to Atlanta Falcons on the road against the Denver Broncos. Shaka, who you got? Probably my most uh, interesting matchup of the week, just because uh, this is Matt Ryan's biggest test so far this season, just to say, hey, are you guys for real or not? And uh, just to see how the Denver Broncos handle Julio Jones, who last week ate a supposedly great Carolina Panthers defense. He absolutely just ate it, fucking shit it out of diamond. Yeah. So uh, I, I really like this match. I really want to see who's a contender and a pretender here. But I'm going to have to go Denver Broncos defense. Yeah, man. I'm, so I, good. I hear you. I, I want to see what the Falcons do as well, but i got to pick the Broncos as well. I mean, this is the Broncos D. They're at home. I don't know what quarterback they're going to have, but I don't know if the Falcons defense is going to be able to cause enough trouble for Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon to actually trip up the Broncos offense. And, Listen, Matt Ryan, he's gonna do he's gonna get his. He's gonna get some throws. He's not gonna throw five hundred yards. Right. But I he's gonna get some he might have one touchdown, one pick, maybe a turnover, a costly turnover in the fourth quarter, but I bet you it's gonna be a closer game than we think, and I gotta go with the Broncos. That defense defense wins championships. Um Amen to that. Next on the list. Cincinnati Bengals on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Shaka, who you got? This is a very, very, very... Very interesting game. This could be Shaka's game of the week. It could be. I might need to start making Shaka's game of the week, which I don't don't exactly know what the criteria is for that, but I I feel like they do America's game of the week. We got to do Shaka's game of the week. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to seeing how Dak Prescott handles... uh, the secondary for the uh, Bengals. They're, That's what I'm thinking, too. They're pretty good secondary. Uh, and also, the rookie, Ezekiel Elliott, right up and gets a very good front seven that doesn't give up a lot of yards in mm-hmm. the ground rushing. Mm-hmm. This one's a tough so, one. Yeah, it is. And all I said earlier, um, Andy Dalton hasn't really thrown too many touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys defense is going to have to come knocking, and they're going to have to kind of keep up the streak. Also, we will bear in mind that this is a Dallas home game. Yep. So, I'm going to go with Dallas. You get this one out. It's going to be a close one, but i got to go Dallas, the home field advantage on this one. Wow. Wow. You're going with the Cowboys. I think this is the first game this week where we are actually disagreeing. I'm going to pick the Bengals. 
I think in, uh, though they are in Dallas, uh, and it is the home field advantage for Dallas, I think Dak Prescott is still a little young. I think that the rookies are going to – I think the Bengals, you know, even though that they can be inconsistent and they can be Jekyll and Hyde, especially when they're on the road, but Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, that defense, these guys are seasoned. This is a team that won 11 games last year. Even though they've had a couple of tough losses so far, those tough losses were against good teams. I think this is going to be a close game, and I think in the fourth quarter when it matters most – Andy Dalton's going to step up, make a few throws, and win the game. And Dak Prescott is going to kind of learn what it means to be a rookie. I, I'm going with the Bengals on this one. It's tough. It's a tough pick, but I'm going with the Bengals. Hey man, you said it. You like it when we disagree. Yeah, dude, we get to we get to argue about something. Contrarian picks. <laughs> I love it. Um, next up on the docket, Buffalo Bills on the road against the Los Angeles Rams. Shaka, who you got? Okay, this. This this got to stop with the Bills. They're just beating teams. They got no they got no business beating. You find your offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden, you guys you guys have an entirely different face on. What gives? I don't buy it. This, this is a road game for the Bills. This is a road game for the Bills. They're going to the West Coast to play in L.A. at the Coliseum in the Baking Sun. Huh? Gonna be a fun game. Yeah. I think the X factor in this one obviously is going to be Tyrod Taylor and how he handles the Rams defense, which is great. Which is not amazing. It's pretty good. But it's pretty, pretty good. So it's going to be fascinating to see how he, he handles it, how he comes out of the pocket, and if the Rams can actually contain him because that's where he does his most damage is in that breakdown. And, of course, Shady McCoy, they're going to still throw him up against that bus of a defense. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to give you probably 70, 80 yards in the touch. So I'm going to actually go with the Bills, stealing one away from the, the Rams in this one. Wow, going with the Bills in this game. This is another game where I'm going to disagree with you, Shaka. I am going to pick the Rams. I think, okay. think the Bills going across coast, uh, uh, afternoon game. They're going to be on the road. They're playing a team they don't normally play. Uh, you're going up against the Rams defense, which is pretty stout. Uh, I don't think the Bills have enough offensive weapons to move the ball, uh, especially because we've been seeing the Rams figure out ways to slow down some pretty snazzy uh, offenses. I don't have that much faith in the Bills' offense being able to put up numbers on the Rams. And I just, I do not believe this Bills team, man. I I don't, I'm not swayed by their last couple of victories. I don't think they really had much of a challenge in those situations I mean, that Cardinals game at home, yeah, they actually showed up, but the Patriots win. That was, I'm not counting that shit. Um, hey, they did it in Foxborough. They did it in Foxborough, but I mean, that team was, that. that's not the Patriots. That's that's some shell of a man that is trying to pretend to be the Patriots. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the Rams are, they're 3-1, and one, and they've been figuring out ways to win games, and... Some matchups, I think that the Rams are going to finally come back down to earth and lose. But this one, I think this is sort of prime for the Rams to steal one. So I'm actually going to go with the Rams on this one. Fair enough. It's weird, because this is like the Titans and the Dolphins. I don't know who the hell is going to win this game. These are both forgettable teams. (laughs) Um, Next up on the docket, uh, old school divisional rivalry, San Diego Chargers on the road against the Oakland Raiders. Old school Chargers-Raiders game. Shaka, who you got? It's really hard to go against Derek Carr right now. The train's moving. The defense is actually pretty good for the Raiders, too. Not amazing, but they play hard, and I like that. Um, but, yeah, again, Dude. you've got Derek Carr. you got 
Latavius Murray, who we'll see if he can hold on to that starting job. Mm-hmm. And Amari you know, Cooper and Michael Crabtree, Amari man. Amari Cooper. Dangerous. And Crabtree. Red zone, red zone killer. Yeah. I'm, it's hard. It, I'm totally with you, man. I'm picking the Raiders. It's, it's, they're too good right now. They're too good. The, and you know, the Chargers are going to get theirs. The Chargers are going to... This is... And now, I've said this before. You've heard me say this. This is a divisional matchup. When there's a divisional matchup, you never know what's going to happen. Anything can come out. These two teams, they play each other twice a year. There's a familiarity with the quarterbacks. There's a familiarity. You know those defensive players are like, ah, I've seen Phillip Rivers before. I know what he likes to do. Um, but, you know, the Chargers just lost Jason Verrett, their best cornerback. for the. He's done for the year. The Raiders yeah. are hot right now. I mean, how can you go against Derek Carr and the Raiders right now? I'm picking the Raiders. And it, it stinks because the Chargers have actually been competitive. They've, they've come, they've lost a couple of close games. No, it's just they've been competitive. It, I mean, I think Mike McCoy might be the first guy who gets fired this year. And no one's going to remember just the fact that they, they didn't go down without a, without swinging. Oh, God. But, if, you know. It would, if, if they could only just win one of these games. Um, it's not going to be the Raiders game, though. It's not going to be the Raiders game. I agree with you there. Sunday night football, New York Giants, Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Lambeau Field. Shaka, who you got? I've got no faith in the Giants right now. And not because of Odell Beckham. Not because of the running back situation is dicey. But Eli. Eli's like a coin toss. You have no idea who's going to step out in that field for you. Yeah. And what kind of package is going to be bringing to the scope? Granted, he gets his wide receivers involved. But sometimes he just th- throws these interceptions that just boggle the mind. Awful. Game-costing interceptions. And in the meantime, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the antithesis of, a, of an Eli Manning, where he's a the franchise guy, and you put the ball in his hands, and he rarely lets you down in a moment where he, he shouldn't. So, I, I, it's hard to go against Aaron Rodgers and the Jordy Nelson and a fat Eddie on the field. They have all the pieces that the Giants need to have. So, I'm, I'm going to go Packers at home. I'm, I'm agreeing with you, man. I'm going Packers as well. I, I feel the same way about the Giants. You know, Vikings and Packers are just two amazing teams. The Giants got to go into their house, uh, go into their houses and play them on the road. The Giants have got a lot of things to be optimistic about, but the Packers are just a better team. Aaron Rodgers is going to pick them apart. You know, even if the game is close, which I don't really know if it's going to be close, the Packers, they're at home. They'll pull out this win. You know, you said it all. I'm going with the Packers. Uh, Last game on the docket, Monday Night Football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Carolina Panthers in North Carolina, possibly without Cam Newton. Shaka, who you got? This is going to be an ugly game to watch. If Cam Newton's not playing. I think Cam is going to try and tough it out. But, man, a Tampa team. James Winston, he, he needs a W bad. I think he needs one maybe a little bit better than the, uh, the Panthers do. But uh, it's going to be hard to go against the Panthers. Even with, uh, who's the backup? Who's back in at Carolina again? Uh, Derek Anderson. Is he definitely starting? He's getting the start. I want to say there's a there's a 90% chance he's starting. Good Lord, this is going to be an ugly one. Yeah. It's going to be yes, an ugly uh, game. I still have to go Panthers. I, they, they, they're so hungry right now. They need a W. 
I, I think I think the Bucks need it more, but they're not going to be able to bring it against this Panthers, this Panthers team. I'm, I have to go Panthers on this one. I'm agreeing with Both you, man. Teams, so. I'm agreeing with you. They they need that win, even if they have Derek Anderson. I think that they are desperate for a win. I think the Bucks have too many flaws right now. That like Atlanta is clicking. Atlanta is, is a team that's going to figure out a way to come in and steal a victory. Tampa Bay is not at that point right now. They got too many problems. They've got issues on offense. They've got issues on defense. They're they're playing better, but I think you're right. I think this Panthers team is ready to just destroy anybody that's in their path because they need a redemption victory. It's going to be on Monday Night Football, and like I said, bringing Derek Anderson might actually normalize the offense a little bit more and and put them back where they kind of need to be, get them that victory they need. Um, yeah. I'm also picking the Panthers for Monday Night Football. That's a good point. Uh, that's it, man. That's all we got. That is our uh, fantasy football Sam Sportscast, uh, Sam Sports podcast for this week, recapping of Week Four. Um, that was pretty good. As uh, for all of everyone listening out there, Shaka and I are going to be going to Kim and Scott's wedding this weekend in the Catskill Mountains. So actually, I'm going to be seeing you real soon, Shaka. I'll see you on Friday, right? Are you going, are you going to be there on wait. Friday? I will be there on Friday. Yeah, that's right. We're uh, Campbell and I are landing at about. Um, I think we land at like 12:45, and then we get we're renting a car. We'll probably be up there around four o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, right, they're doing that pizza party. Yes, they are. Yeah, it should be a good time. I'm really excited, man. I, I don't know what I'm wearing, though. Apparently, it's like super casual. I was, I don't know. I was thinking of like wearing jeans and like a button-up or something. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I kind of have to figure that out myself. I got some time, though, because I'm off on Friday, so. Oh, you you lucky guy. <laughs> um, either way, hey, listen, I'm excited to see you, man. This is going to be really great. Of course, brother. Always good to see you. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, we were helpful in you figuring out your your weekend fantasy uh, strategy. Yeah, and uh, everyone, thank you very much for listening. As Shaka just said, we'll be back next week. We're going to do the recap after week five is behind us. Um, As usual, uh, subscribe to uh, my podcast on iTunes. Find it on uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud. I'm sure you already know this because you... How else are you listening to the podcast? Uh, like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. And uh, email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. S M A S S P O R T S S T A T I O N at gmail.com. If there's any questions you want Shaka and I to go over in our show, um, but that's all we got for this week. I hope everyone's enjoying the, fan- the, uh, the football season as much as we are because we are jacked, man. We're loving it. Uh, Shaka, you're the man. I love you so much. Thanks for coming back this weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Farts kind, man, and I can't wait for this weekend either. All right, everybody, take it easy. Enjoy your time off, and we will see you next week.